All right, welcome back to the Stateside Podcast. I am your host, James McMillan, alongside with our trusted new co-host, Alan Ashcraft. Hello. Today we have a very esteemed guest, Finn McKenty from the Punk Rock MBA YouTube channel and much, much more, and we'll get to know him as we go along. But welcome to the show, Finn. Thank you guys so much for having me. Yeah, I appreciate it, man, especially the day before Thanksgiving. <laughs> the work never stops, right? Nope. No not- holidays. No, not in this I industry. I don't want them. I don't like holidays. I don't like time off. I get I, antsy. I just, whenever it's the holiday season, it, this is the most aggravating time of year for me because, like, people don't work as much, and I get really antsy if I'm not working. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. Especially the music industry from, like, basically today until yes. maybe January 15th, it's going to be crickets. Now, everywhere. why is that with a bunch of fucking band people who all claim they're you know they're all cynical people who don't like christmas why is it that those people out of all the demographics take all the time off in the world because they're lazy <laughs> that's it and this is why i asked finn to be on the show <laughs> I, dude i gotta say i love your candor and the way that you you're you're correlating entrepreneurship with with music and not just being in a band but being in the music industry as a whole I love that whole thing. And that's kind of like what got me going down the rabbit hole with all of your content. So I I, uh, I would like to talk about that a bit and kind of where that came from and, you know, maybe give a quick bio to the to the audience listening, where you come from and what your history is in music and as a dude. Well, I grew up in a little town. Well, I was actually born in Bellingham, Washington, which is kind of halfway between Seattle and Vancouver, kind of up near the Canadian border. But I grew up in Snohomish, Washington, which is a suburb maybe about 20 miles north of Seattle. Um, back in the 90s is kind of, you know, when, when, I, when I was a young man. Now I'm an old man, but I was a young man back in the 90s. Uh, and basically, I just got really hooked on, you know, punk and hardcore back then, like DIY hardcore. I discovered through, if any, uh, if any of you guys uh, listening to this come from a similar background, I discovered Maximum Rock and Roll in like 92 or something like that. And that just kind of opened up the yes. door to the whole world of like DIY punk and hardcore to me. And it just became my life for a very long time. Uh, so I started out making zines. Uh, I think when I was like 14 or 15, I started making zines. And I did that um, like in high school. I, I was never really in a serious band or anything like that. I've always enjoyed kind of documenting things more than, you know, playing music. Um, I mean, right. I, I can play music and record music, but I just I kind of enjoy documenting stuff more. So uh, I made zines uh, and I ended up, you know, to the to your point about entrepreneurship, you know, I started that thing when I was like 14. I'm not one of those people that is content to just make something for myself and nobody else ever sees it. Like to me, it's only, um, I only think it's valuable if, if other people care about it. And so to me, like the creation and the marketing have always been, you know, part of the same thing since back then. So I made the zine. I was like, oh, wait a minute. How am I going to get anybody to like read this thing? Nobody knows I exist. So that's kind of when I got into that whole thing of like marketing. So I ended up selling a few thousand copies of those, maybe 2,000 copies or something like that by the time I was out of high school. And I graduated in 96. So this was before the internet as we know it. Um, and when I think about it, um, I was like, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, man, if you told me I had to sell 2,000 copies of a magazine now through the mail without the internet, <laughs> like, I don't know if I could do that. 
<laughs> but I did it when I was a kid, you know? And so to your point about entrepreneurship, uh, I guess that's kind of when I got the, the bug of, you know, wanting to make shit and sell it. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where I got started. And then from there, I ended up kind of being in the design and marketing world for the, you know, for my whole career. I, I worked at a design agency that did, I worked at a couple agencies, did stuff for like Nike and Nintendo and Red Bull, and then some big consumer brands. Like um, I worked with Procter and Gamble a whole bunch on so like Febreze and Swiffer and Tide and Balance, all that kind of stuff did marketing for Abercrombie and Fitch, uh, design and marketing. So I designed like girls t-shirts for Hollister for a while, made a few hundred of those. Then I did marketing when they were kind of really aggressively building out uh, Asia and Europe. So helped, you know, with rolling out the marketing for all those flagship stores that opened in that time. So I worked there like 2009, 2012. Mm -hmm. uh, after that, I worked at a company called Creative Live, which is uh, the world's number one online education platform for creators and entrepreneurs. I have that pitch. Uh, yeah, buddy. <laughs> Yeah, um, and now I work for a company called URM Academy, which is uh, an online education platform for rock and metal producers. And I'm also a partner in Get Good Drums, which is a software company with the guys from a band called Periphery that some of your listeners may know about. Indeed. Al, you're a fan of the band. Yeah, no, absolutely. I actually, uh, on the way uh, to the studio today, I I'd seen a lot of your YouTube videos, but I wanted to kind of keep doing my my research so you know we didn't get on this and then just my dick is in my hand and you're you know having a bad time so i was like let's learn about this guy a little bit and so i was like i wonder if he has an actual podcast i'm aware of the youtube thing but uh so i just uh i searched uh punk rock uh uh mba in my uh, apple uh podcast app and this thing pops up it just says chocolate croissant and I'm oh, like, yeah, right. does he have something to do with like a baking app? Like, did, <laughs> is he also like a baller baker on top of everything else he does? And then I saw uh, Matt Halpern in there and I was like, oh, okay, it's starting to make more sense. So I listened to that and that was, that was awesome. I honestly wasn't even uh, aware of that, of that podcast, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a huge periphery fan. But uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I did, I did have a podcast for uh, many years. I, well, I have a couple different ones, did maybe a hundred episodes or something like that between the two of them and i'm going to start a punk rock nba podcast very soon but not yet oh nice i was gonna ask you about that yeah it's just you know it's just a matter of finding the time you guys know you guys know how time consuming it is to like set this up and edit it and publish it oh, and all that stuff you know yeah well you know people I don't, I don't think people understand how much work it is to produce an hour an hour and a half of audio every week yep it's yeah true, i mean me included this is this is only my my second podcast with uh with stateside and it's with the the research and and the travel and the yeah it's it's tough to uh it's deceivingly time consuming yeah and it's not free either no it isn't no. um so i'm gonna start doing it though because uh how many episodes have you guys done i'm sorry i did i should have done my research but no worries. I didn't. this this will be our 52nd episode and okay like so he you, said the second with alan and it's more or less weekly or yeah pretty much it's been just about on average every week we're 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 kind of uh, I don't know re not rebranding, but we're we're taking a hitting the refresh button on the podcast right about the fiftieth episode. Um, I was doing the show with two other guys, Andrew and Neil, and you know you know how life is. They they're doing their own thing. Neil's a producer. Fuck the, those guys. Fuck those fucking. Guys. <laughs> Finn just gets on and starts talking. We actually have him here in studio. If you could say fuck those guys to their face. Yeah, that oh, would be oh, no. completely kidding. Awkward. Oh they're, no, they're not here. They're not here. That's the that's the internet. <laughs> 
No, but in, in all seriousness, Neil's a, a major dude. He's a producer I represent, and he's he's a busy guy. So it just wasn't the best fit, and so I just kept doing it alone for the past month and a half and then decided I don't want to do it alone. And Alan is a major dude. And he's also a talented art director and designer, and we want to have the show eventually up on YouTube. So he, he walked <laughs> into the room. He's like, this looks like your room when you're 15. Like, <laughs> it's a bunch of posters. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely time for the show to kind of turn a corner. And yeah. I think that's, that's what we've been working at for a couple weeks. So Yeah, we're excited. Well, uh, Alan, I'd be interested to hear more about your story. Uh, Like I said, I actually did graphic design for a long time. um, So I'm, you know, pretty passionate about that, too. Um, And as many of the, you know, I have a lot of criticisms of the music industry. But one thing uh, that I like about the music industry is that there's a lot of really fucking good designers and illustrators in the music world. Yeah, and I think that's kind of a testament just to uh, the competition to get in. I mean, it's. I'm usually the first to say that that my skill level upon uh, beginning my work at, at Rise Records that really wasn't what got me in the door. It was like a lot of people. It was uh, it was networking and, and right place, right time. And uh, honestly, being there uh, just within the rat race and, and kind of you know I used to think that I was fast and efficient. And then uh, when I started working there and and my my client base essentially goes from two to three bands a month as a freelancer to, uh, you know, 200 plus bands on, on a roster, some of which are more needy than others. Um, you, you learn to kind of flex the muscles that you didn't even know that you had. So mm-hmm. that's it. So it's been amazing, but, uh, honestly, I, I feel like, uh, and even before this podcast, like I said, I, I did my research on you and, and what I love is that I feel like we have some, some huge similarities in how we came up and then also some huge differences where, where yours was a little less uh, music-based in terms of, like, actual, you know, like, playing and being um, yeah. a part of, like, a band and having that be your focus. That was my focus. My plan A was be a rock star. And then when I saw the reality of, of that situation, it it quickly became, um, you know, not a plan at all. And so the pl- plan B was start moving towards the skill that you built uh, in an effort to become a rock star. And it's a very, you know, as you know, it's a very entrepreneurial thing, like, You've got to try to get that band uh, branded and marketed well, and we didn't know who to go to, so I was like, "Let me let me figure it out." I just downloaded this thing called Photoshop. I heard it's cool. Uh, I think it was Photoshop Seven was was mm-hmm. my intro to it, and uh, you know, you go through that kind of unconscious incompetence for you know a decade or ho- however long it takes until you start to kind of understand the the game a bit, and uh, it just it builds from there slowly but very fast at the same time. It's a it's a really odd thing. I'm in the conscious incompetence phase now. That's awesome. That's actually incredibly <laughs> humble of you to to even say that because I, I know some guys that have been in it for half the time you have been that are like, no, I'm in the conscious competence phase, and I have been basically the whole time. Right. Oh, man, I don't know about you guys, but the uh, older I get, I, it's not that I'm not confident. You know, it, it isn't that necessarily. It's just especially from working with as many just incredibly fucking talented people as I have, um, in particular in the last five or six years, you know, just to me, the bar for greatness is so high. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. And I just, I don't, I don't know that I, um, I, I, I could never, I could never say that I'm, that I meet that bar. You know, I mean, I don't think I suck or anything like that, but you know, when you are around people who are truly like elite world class at a thing, 
you know, you realize where how high that bar really is. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, there there are some dudes out there that I, I'm I'm right there with you. I've met some people that that maybe have uh, you know, fifty percent the experience that I do, and they're just pure cyborg. And you're exactly. like, oh, okay, you're supposed to be doing. So then, uh, in a weird exactly. set, in one hand, you're like, uh, you know, it's discouraging. But in the other hand, if you if you think about it the right way, it's the exact opposite. It's incredibly encouraging. This this is exactly why I stopped doing design because of exactly what you are talking about. Like I put, I worked really fucking hard at it and I, I definitely don't suck. I'm better than most, but I am not a cyborg like that. You know, there are people I worked with and I'm just like, what in the fuck? Like, how do you do that? You're so much better and it comes so much more quickly to you than it does to me. Um, that, you know, I will, I, anything that I do, like I, I, I don't want to be like okay at it. Certainly not anything creative. Like I don't I don't think anybody gets into a creative field with the goal of being pretty good. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I want to feel like I am great at what I do and I realized I was just never going to be as good as they are because you know it's the same people don't want to talk about like the role of genetics and things like that, but natural talent is a thing. You know, we accept that in sports, but for whatever reason we don't accept it in other fields which i don't i don't get right um, and i realized i just don't have as much natural talent as they do um for you know art and design and uh so i was like okay well what do i have a natural talent for and what i realized is i guess i'm a lot better at kind of marketing you know the creative side of marketing and like business problem solving i guess which i you know tying back to talking about zines and stuff like that I realized that's the part I always kind of really liked more than anything else and that I, I would like to think I am probably world-class at. Um, so I think it's really important for people to recognize like what, I wouldn't even say what they're, you know, like you said to me, it's not their limit. It's not a negative thing. It just is what it is, you know? And I think a lot of people frustrate themselves by attempting to be world-class at a thing that they just don't have the talent to be world-class at, especially in music. You know, like there's people that want to be bring the horizon, but you're not Ollie Sykes, right? You know, it's not going to fucking happen. Yeah. I'm not Ollie Sykes either. That's why he is who he is. Like, yeah, and it's kind of what makes it special, you know, is, is yes. people understanding that there isn't just an Ollie Sykes around every corner. And you can't, no matter how hard you work, you can't be Ollie Sykes, you can't be LeBron, you can't be Floyd Mayweather. So, you just have to come to terms with that, you know? And right. to me, that's not a negative thing. That's just life. Yeah. You know? it, well, it honestly, it reminds me of uh, James and I are both uh, big Gary V fans. I was just going to say that. Are you a fan of Gary uh-huh. Vaynerchuk? Yeah. Yeah. He's always talking about you play to your strengths, not your weaknesses. Exactly. And, and I think a lot of people are scared to sacrifice their ego and say, like, I'm just not the designer that so many people before me have been. So I'm going to move. But the first thing I think when you when you talk about that is that that's why you end up in these other endeavors where you're successful is because you don't sit around trying to beat yourself over the head about something you're not into and that you're clearly not seeing success from. So you're constantly on the offensive instead of the defensive. Well, Gary has one of the things he talks about, you know, that people don't pick up on because they pick up on. uh, So I don't, I never met him, but we did a bunch of stuff with him at creative live because the CEO of creative live is friends with him. They've known each other for a long time. So we did a bunch of stuff with him. Um, people pick up on the kind of obvious things that he says. They brand him as like a motivational speaker. Um, 
and you know there's a little bit of that but one of the things he talks about that nobody really picks up on is the whole thing about like you don't have to be the number one you'd be a great number 14 or number seven right like that is such a smart insightful thing to say and more people should really ask themselves should would i be better off as the number seven would i be happier as the number seven that's really the point is like the point is not like either you are lebron james or you're shit you know like it's not a binary thing where either have to be the best in the world or you're a total fucking loser you know like there's a whole spectrum in between and maybe you would be happier like just coming to terms with the fact that you are um the you know third string backup kicker not the star quarterback yeah i'd much rather play the game than not play at all just because i don't get to be lebron exactly so i think i think more people really should embrace just be realistic about who we are. And if it turns out that we're the number seven, like be stoked on that. Being number seven is still pretty cool. Yeah. And to go back on something you were talking about earlier, the value or the reason that we do all this stuff, the reason you're in a band or you, you make art or anything worth doing, it's not, <laughs> it's not just to be fucking happy. I could be happy going to Disneyland. I could be happy watching a stupid movie. That's not the point. The point is to do something fulfilling. The point mm-hmm. is to work hard at something and make something happen. Like, just same thing with the podcast. This isn't always fun, but that's not the fucking point. And I think wouldn't that... Wouldn't if it was fun all the time. No, it really wouldn't. Exactly. That resistance and that pull, the ebb and flow of hard and, and easy, is just, it's why we do it. And again, it's, it's one of the things I love about how you... Because you kind of have a few different things on your channel. You do the how do they get so big, and then you kind of have more like a podcast where you just have your laptop open. You're just talking about one topic and just kind of surfing around. Um, I, but, I, you know, I've only done a couple of those because I like uh, them by the way. I, I like I them too, but you know, you got to focus, I think on one thing. Yep. And uh, I think the least, channel might not be the best place for it. The podcast exactly. would be exactly. Yeah. So that, so I would like to do more of those, but um, yeah, I kind of, I only did a few for that reason. Cause just the, it was just clear to me what people wanted. So yeah, exactly. You know, that's another thing I would say, you know, since I am giving advice because I have a fucking microphone in front of me and there you go. I am, <laughs> I'm going to talk and everyone else is going to listen. Amen. Um, <laughs> this is America. But uh, yeah, maybe a piece of advice that um, I wish that I could give, you know, myself in the past that might be helpful for other people is like, you don't, um, you don't get to choose what your lane is. You just get to like find it. And once you find it, like just stay in that lane and be, um, be, give the people what they want is what I would say. So like, for example, in the, in the, in the background, I was in the design agency world, um, at, we did industrial design. So the way that works is there's um, designers who sketch the thing. So if we're working on, you know, a, a watch or, a backpack or whatever the fuck it is, you know, they'll sketch the thing, they'll make the, the pretty picture. And then there's uh, people who take that sketch and turn it into like actual 3D geometry in, you know, the, in the software. And it's, it's perceived that the designers are the creative ones and the, you know, people who make the, the models are, you know, not as creative or whatever. And so we had this one guy that we worked with, uh, you know, an employee who was not the world's best designer. Um, but he was really fucking good at the 3D part of it. 
and he was really frustrated because he wanted to be the designer. And we kept telling him like, Tony, you're so fucking good at like the 3D stuff. You're so much better at that than everybody else. Why don't you just like embrace that? And why don't you just like own the fact that you're fucking badass at doing SolidWorks? Um, and, uh, you know, he eventually did. And he, instead of coming to work and being really frustrated every day because he wasn't a cat instead of a dog, he was like, you know what? I'm a dog and that's cool. I'm just going to like embrace being the SolidWorks guy. Yeah. And so to your point before, like I kind of, I would, I would enjoy doing some more like, you know, commentary type stuff, but it doesn't seem like that's what people want from me on YouTube. And I'm not going to push against the river. I'm just grateful that people will pay attention to me talking about anything. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, so a few things with, with that, I want to know why, why the growth in the channel because I know you said you'd mentioned before a few times that it had been a channel for a while mm -hmm. and you put stuff up and you put stuff up rather and you didn't get a lot of response. Right. And then something something changed over that time. Is yeah. that is that kind of why? Yeah. You so zeroed exactly, in a little bit. Exactly what it is, is, uh, you know, for a long time, I kind of didn't really want to talk about music um, just because, uh, you know like anything else sometimes you get interested in other things whatever so i wanted to talk more about like business um and i tried but people were not interested in me talking about business <laughs> you mean like general business yeah pretty much you know like non-music related yeah yeah basically um you know like careers and stuff like that because i'm really passionate about that but that's not what people wanted from me so you know to to what i was mm. talking about before um, maybe just on YouTube, because I, I would love to hear more of that from you, but well, I think yeah, maybe on a podcast. Well, now that you know about me from talking about music on YouTube, yes. Right. Um, okay. Would, right, right, right. You would never have known I existed otherwise. That's the key. So, That's exactly. a huge lesson. Exactly. So, uh, I said, you know what? Fuck it. I'll talk about music. So I've written about music for many years. Um, on some blogs I've written for some magazines that some of you guys might have heard of like Substream and Decibel and Terrorizer and mm -hmm. um, I don't know some other ones I'm not thinking of Metal Sucks I used to write for those guys Metal Injection so I know that I can talk about this and you know it's like to me one of the things you know one of the corners of YouTube there's basically there's like personalities who can just read the phone book and we think it's entertaining because they're so charismatic and I'm not that person and then the other corner of YouTube, I think, is like subject matter experts who may not be the most charismatic person in the world, but they have just insanely deep knowledge about yeah. some particular thing, which for better or for worse, <laughs> I know a lot about, you know, this weird music. So uh, and, and I've built a following in the past talking about it. So I said, well, you know what? Fuck it. I'll just talk about music. Maybe people will care about that. And they did. And the other thing that I have, you know, people have told me that I'm good at, which I, I guess I am good at, is um, taking like a big complex mass of information and distilling it down into like bullet points. Um, so that's basically what I do with my videos is, you know, why did this or that become popular or not popular or, you know what I mean? And like, I'm just, and so I learned just like, just like how Tony learned to embrace SolidWorks. Uh, I have learned to embrace talking about music because even though I don't necessarily give a fuck about what the best no effects record is, um, what I do care about or enjoy is I, I like to, I like to figure out why people like what they like. 
And right. whether that is food or car or hiking or it doesn't matter to me. It just so happens that I, because I know so much about music that it would make sense to me. You know, it's, 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 it's a good fit for me to figure out why people like the music they like, which is essentially what my channel is about. And I like that you, you make it really clear. And it's, it's one of the things I, I knew that I would enjoy talking to you because I say, I kind of say this stuff a lot. You make it very clear that it's not about what you like. You know what I mean? Right. You've said that many times. Like, look, this isn't Slipknot. This video about Slipknot or Blink or Bring Me the Horizon, whoever it is, it's not yeah. about me. It's about you. It's about what exactly. do you, the people, like and why do you exactly. like it? And I think that's what I like or don't like. That's right, man. We're, we're old dudes who grew up with hardcore and like, it doesn't fucking matter what bands I like. I'm 35 nope. years old. Ain't no one <laughs> giving a fuck what I like. It doesn't matter. It simply doesn't matter. And it's like, now we're in this place in the industry where I, sincerity is everything. You know, you can't just bullshit and <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that's why I like you, Alan. You're, you're a very genuine, sincere guy. And it's pretty obvious what, you, what you're into and what you're not into. But at the end of the day, you're more like Finn. Like you want to you get down to why things work. Yeah, well, I think that's the, that's the magic of, of hitting the age that the three of us are, are around. And it, it, for me, I mean, that's anything over 30. Because that's, that's where mm -hmm. I just start. No shit. Like before, uh, before you started talking, James, when, when uh, Finn was wrapping up, I almost responded to everything he said. A lot of intelligent stuff. Yeah. I almost followed up with, so Finn, do you have any pets? Because that's really all I cared about for some weird reason. <laughs> right. right at that, Not that I wasn't listening to what he said, but I'm just at 21. I would have been like, dude, don't say that. It's going to sound rude. But at 32, I'm like, I'm interested in that. I, that's what I want to hear about. I want to know right I wanna now. I want to know if he's a dog or cat guy. And yeah. I also want to know which which side of my brain is right. Is Because sometimes when he's talking and I'm actively listening. But I'm also like, the house looks really neat. So I don't believe he has a dog. But he also doesn't strike me as a cat person. So <laughs> I've got this inner kind of debate going on. And now I just want to know which Alan is correct. Yeah. What, what are you? Are you a dog or cat guy? Or none? I love any animal that loves me. <laughs> Oh, that's a good answer. I don't care whether it's a goat or a horse or a rabbit or a snake. But do you have a pet? We have a cat, yes. Oh, he, uh, so I was wrong. He's sleeping on this couch right behind me. I would love to have a dog, but okay. um, I don't think, I mean, I love our cat too. I'm not saying one is better than the other, uh, but I don't think we'd be very good dog parents. You know, I, I know some people yeah. are cool with um, the idea of putting a dog in a crate all day. And maybe dogs are cool with that, but I just, it doesn't feel right. What to do you me. do with your your dog? Um, I, I put her in a crate always, oh, even when I'm home. No, no I'm kidding. I'm so <laughs> fucking <monster. laughs> yeah. I've had her for four years. She's been in a crate the entire time. Yeah. No, uh, no, I uh, I rescued a, a pit bull. I can't believe I just said rescued because I make fun of people for doing that. But uh, boy, what a cool guy, Alan! <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ, you want I, a fucking yeah. trophy? She was two hundred fifty dollars, wow. so <laughs> I'm not I'm not about to say rescue. Uh, Worse than a vegan. Yeah, so I, I got a, I got a pit bull maybe four years ago. But I'm I'm also just a like, I'm an insane dog person. Like I, I love dogs. Unfortunately, um, I would say Jesus two weeks before I got her. Um, I, cause I was unemployed when I got her and I was like, I'm going to do some freelance work and then I need a bit of a project. And I had in my childhood, we at one point had seven dogs. We had quite a bit of land and Holy I'm shit. just, I'm very comfortable with dogs and I enjoy training them. So I was like, I need a bit of a project outside of freelance. 
So I get her, and then we're no shit laying in bed watching cops, and she's asleep on me, and I'm still getting used to her. She's getting used to me. And I get a text uh, asking me to come work at Rise Records. So I'm like, I just went from all the time in the world to 10 hours a day, got to go. I know it's been a good two weeks, but now I'm going to basically adopt you, and you're just going to hang out in this duplex and wonder what the fuck is up. Uh, We made it work. I mean, she's now that I bought a house, she is – She's in her first domicile where she is allowed to be. Like, I didn't have to lie about – I've had four apartments before this where I'm like, yeah, no dog. Or if they see the dog, I'm like – they ask me what, what breed the dog is, and I say, I think it's a terrier mix. Like, I'm not about to say pit bull because you're going to say no. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, I'm, I'm massive into, uh, into dogs. She – right now, she just uh, – she chills in the basement. I put on uh, – I got a TV down there, and I put on uh, that 15-hour that – relaxing dog music clip that's on youtube i don't know if you can oh. call it a clip because it's wow. it's like half a day long what kind of music is that it's honestly it, it drove me nuts the two seconds i heard it. it's a lot of like uh, can i hear it right now it's kind of some some weird ominous tones to me anyway i i didn't really uh ominous tones yeah i didn't dig it but um have you seen that movie forgetting sarah marshall Yes. Where he... Uh, that he, might be my favorite movie. Dude, it's so good. It's not a bad movie at all. Ominous w- what if the music? relaxing dog music was just 15 hours of Woe Is Me? <laughs> that yes. would be sick. Relaxing dog music. Let's share this with Homeboy. I want to know, how did, they, how did they decide that this was relaxing? That's dog? my thing. I know. Like, how did they pull... How many dogs did they pull on this? pretty subjective. Is yeah. this it, Alan? Uh, Which one? Doesn't look like it. I put in, oh, it's that one. Yep. This uh, one? Yep, that one. This one? Yep. <coughs> like, right out of the gate, I didn't like it. Help four million dogs. How did they... That's a lot of time. Jeez. How did they calculate that it was four million dogs? I mean, yeah, to me... that's a good question. This is just, this is Stranger Things Season 3. That's all it sounds like to me. This sounds like depressing. I want to kill myself yeah. now. Yeah, really. But oh, this is, this is on... Dog. This is in my living room right now. Yeah, that dog looks bummed, dude. That dog's saying, turn it off, dude. Okay, I'm turning it off now. (laughs) Jesus, God. It's a bummer. Please subscribe to help more dogs. Well, I want to help dogs, (laughs) so I guess I better subscribe. Yeah. (laughs) Fucking relax. Did you you subscribe? Yeah. Uh, No, I did not, so I think a dog just died. I'll like it, though. There, I just liked it. There we go. He saved its life. This podcast just took a dark turn. (laughs) Yeah, real dark. Suicide and dog death in, like, ten seconds. But anyway, back to the point. I'm I'm glad that you guys can, can, you know, you can be honest with yourselves and say, I don't know that a dog would really thrive here, so why, why bring it in here? Yeah, don't want to be a good. Although we sometimes joke, about, we love our cat very, 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 very much. Mm. But sometimes we joke about it. We'll say like, "Well, what kind of dog should we get when Kitty dies?" Oh, uh, what's the name of your cat? Is it Kitty? Her name is Banana. But That's such a good name for a cat. I have a thing where I never use for some reason. I have never called my wife by her name to right, her. Right, right. That means you love her, by the way. Does it? Yeah, okay. I think so. I have it's like just, 700 nicknames for my wife and my cats. I, I don't use any pronoun for her when I'm talking to her. Like, I don't say, <laughs> hey, you, or maybe, like, I just, just like, hey, hey, look, I just, yeah. just using any sort of pronoun or name for her to her feels so strange to me. I like that. Is your cat a girl or a boy? She is a girl. Yes. And what, is she, what does banana look like? Um, well, I, I don't want to bother her, um, but of she's course. a tortie. 
Aww. so yeah, she's she's really she's a sweetheart. Uh, I got her from the shelter. So have you guys ever heard of Paws? I don't know if they have it in Oregon. That actually that sounds familiar. So they have a cool thing where they give you a personality test, and they've also like graded all their uh, all their animals. I think they have dogs also. So um, there's like nine different categories. Basically, they rank it on two axes. One is like how much energy it has, and the other is like how affectionate it is. And right. uh, I said, I want the one with the most affection and the least energy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's about right. Yeah, that's, that's ideal. That's why you get a cat, for Christ's sake. I was like, what? who wants a cat yeah. that, like, is that. playful and distant? Yeah, like, you send me who? the most pumped up, least loving cat yeah. you can. <laughs> why Just get a cat? Full serial killer cat, please. Yes, please. Yeah, they're like, I hate you. Leave me alone. Wait, feed me. Okay, now go away. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get back to serious stuff, guys. Let's be yeah. serious people for a second here. Okay. okay, what is it like being on YouTube today? Experience with the growth of the channel, et cetera. Uh, well, I think that you should have written that question out more completely. Yeah, it's That's a what t- I think. terrible question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, so I will answer, I guess the main thing. That was like, there, a, t- like a person who doesn't speak English wrote it. <laughs> right. Yeah, it was translated. A, a Russian immigrant. So, well, I'll give you. I probably a, wrote a, that a, while walking. It's a question from one of our Russian fans. Gotcha. Well, <laughs> I will Vlad. give you a funny tidbit. Since it's Thanksgiving, so my wife's entire family is from Vietnam. Whoa. And, uh, a lot of them don't speak English very well. That's and fun. So, you know, there's like the kids table at Thanksgiving, right? Yeah. Um. So for some reason or another, but her her sisters and her sisters are all married to American guys. Um, for some reason or another, I got stuck at what I called the ESL table at Thanksgiving <laughs> last year, where I was the only person there who doesn't speak Vietnamese. So oh, sitting there for an hour and a half just listening to her fam- watching her family like blab at each other. Just Vietnamese. having a great time talking yeah, shit about you. Exactly. Oh, they they do. Yes. Yeah. This fucking um, white boy. <laughs> yes. Uh, but anyhow, so the uh, as far as the growth of the channel goes, I think it's interesting and it, um, it kind of makes me identify a little bit with some of these bands. Now, granted, they're experiencing something that's like 100 times bigger than what I have. But, you know, I got like 20,000 new subscribers last month. It's crazy. And, you know, I got like 200,000 views on a couple of videos and stuff, which is small potatoes, like, you know, in the grand scheme of things. but for me to suddenly have 20,000, you know, I've had a decent following before, but it, it came much more slowly. And so those people knew me. And if I said X, they would be able to contextualize it because they read or heard a bunch of things that I said before. Yeah. And so they, you know, would interpret it maybe a little bit more um, fairly, I guess, than strangers might. And so it kind of made me really understand, like, what about these bands that get really famous? So if I'm, if I'm experiencing a 0.5 out of 10, what about a band that becomes really famous really quickly, you know, like Green Day or something like that, that mm. goes from playing Gilman to playing a fucking stadium two months later? In their early know. 20s, too. Yeah, and you see them like, exactly. So I just turned 40, and uh, that's exactly what I was thinking. Is like, wow, how would I handle... Yeah. I, I, if I was 22, I sure would have said some real fucking dumb stuff that probably would have come back to I haunt know. me. I know. <laughs> fuck i think about that shit all the time dude oh god i i would you don't want to know i was such a shit bag at 22 i was such a turd 
Like, <laughs> no one should allow me to say anything or, oh, my God. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. These bands get big so quickly. But anyway, back to you. So, I mean, have you had, like, it, you know, the comment section on YouTube is just infamous for being negative and a shithole place. Are you well, now so getting I that well? I have quite a bit of experience with that because I had a pretty popular blog before, and I was, I think, the most popular writer on Metal Sucks for many years. So uh, I have, you know, lots of experience getting, like, nasty comments and stuff, and it, it um it doesn't really bother me uh, for the most part. It does get old. Like it, if you get literally a thousand shitty comments in like half a day, um, you know, <laughs> it gets a little old, yeah. but it's fine. Um, it's more the part that's more. Um, well, so I guess what, what I, what I believe, well, I don't believe it. I know this is true is that um, you get what you give. So the kind of energy you put out is the kind of energy you're going to get back. And so I try very hard to put out like, positive friendly energy uh and that doesn't mean i get it back all the time but like if look at the comments on my green day video and you guys know how many people hate green day right yeah uh you would expect that yeah, to be you're absolutely right yeah <clears throat> i remember thinking that. that to be a flood of people talking oh, they're not punk you know whatever you can imagine and there's very little of that you know there's a little bit of it but really very the comments on there are overall like really positive yeah um, i agree so like what i was saying i think that for the most part you get what you give um and so i've tried very hard to cultivate a community uh you know of people who don't leave nasty comments yeah i love that so basically you're you're taking the time up front to set up set up an environment where people are encouraged to be constructive and positive. And if they have a disagreement, they're not going to be just total assholes for no reason. Exactly. Exactly. And so another thing that I, which is, I guess, rare on YouTube is if I get something wrong or if somebody brings up something I didn't think about, then I say it like, right. So you're right. I probably should have said that or good point. I think I got that one wrong, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and it's a little thing, but it goes a long way. I mean, how often, First of all, I read all my comments and I reply to most of, uh, maybe not most, but a very good chunk of them, especially if they're something like nice or constructive or something like that. And so, you know, you set the tone of, um, you set the tone of the conversation uh, and it doesn't mean people are going to follow it a hundred percent of the time, but by and large they do. So if they see that you are friendly and nice and you're engaging with people and you're directing the conversation in like a constructive way, then they'll either follow it or they'll leave because they don't like it. And that's, that's fine right. with me. Right. There's you know? a lot of like shitty, I mean, look at the biggest YouTubers out there. Lo the Logan Pauls, the you know, awful, awful. It's absolute garbage, but they put garbage out and they get garbage back. Exactly. He's one yeah. of the most viewed YouTubers, but he's also one of the most hated YouTubers. And there's well, a reason I, for it. I'm curious. Uh, I think he's like 21 or 22. Oh God, um, what a disaster. So, to our point before and you know and i don't um i can't stand his his content but i don't really fault him for it because you know i probably would have done and said i think i'm a nice person but i definitely would have done and said some equally obnoxious things at that age yep and especially if you have literally tens of millions of people giving you positive reinforcement and tens and of millions of dollars yeah yeah can you blame him for I know. doing it I know, you know, I mean, just the same as like, 
you see a lot of like Justin Bieber is a good example yeah. of this. You know, he's been famous since he was a child and he is like super rich, super famous, gorgeous. And he's had people telling him he's the most, you know, that he's God since mm-hmm. he was like 11 years old. How could he possibly be any different? I know. It's insane to expect anything different. You know, I, I feel bad for him in a lot of ways, actually. Speaking of uh, garbage content, one of the videos I really liked from you, you were talking about how you were comparing the success of bands who put out original songs and original right. music videos, original art versus people, goofy ass people with cool haircuts will cover a song and that cover of a song that's done with a kazoo and a fucking <laughs> right. you know it's like well, zany fucking video of the green day yeah. song so what that I, what gets talking, way more views yeah so uh, what i was talking about is there's a band called our last night which is basically like a metalcore cover band i guess um i mean they have originals but you know to your point their covers get you know a hundred times more interest Crazy. than anybody um, and this is like, I, I actually kind of regret making that video because although I, I believe in anything, I, I mean, I, I agree with everything I said in it, but I, you know, in regard to what we were talking about before, I just kind of really kind of wish I wouldn't have put that energy out there. So I don't think I'll ever do How anything come? like that again. Um, I just, I don't want people, um, like I called for, I, I said, it's, it's like the thumbnail says like, stop watching this crap. Yeah. Um, being a little just, judgment yeah yeah it's just yeah. not really the energy i want to be putting out um, right so uh you know but right but said, to be fair you have balanced a lot of your content with in the message of what you do with the the problem with hardcore or the problem with these scenes that they can be very elitist yeah so i mean and, you and, have pointed that out like yeah but you gotta but, have a balance yeah, I well, I don't, I, I don't, I don't want to have a balance. I'm just not interested in putting out anything negative. So I kind of wish I wouldn't have yeah, done that. Yeah, especially on YouTube. It, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's, I just, it's not adding. It's well, it's good that it. you know that. That's, that's a good thing. You yeah, know, I think but, that's why you'll do well. That said, um, the, uh, the, 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 so what I was talking about in, um, in that video was that that cover band. In, in general, the larger phenomenon of like all these like zany covers of like you know, a Japanese schoolgirl plays Meshuggah on a tuba, you know, <laughs> and it just, these things get so much fucking traffic and, um, and I don't blame, and, and it's frustrating to me specifically like that they, um, I don't, I, I, when normies watch that stuff, that's, I get it. You know, they, they, they are just looking for something funny, but what's aggravating to me is that metal fans watch that stuff. And yeah. they watch it more than they watch and they pay attention to new bands. Right. Um, and it's just like, so if you look at, uh, I don't know, look at any big metal blog, you know, Metal Sucks or whatever, like you can see how many, you know, you can see the engagement on stuff. And any of that, like basically what gets engagement is either that or, you know, uh, Ozzy called the drummer for Iron Maiden a butt face. Yeah. You know, gossip. It's just this lowest common denominator shit. And, I don't blame the people who create it or like, I, I mean, I'm friends with the guys from metal sucks. I know that they don't like publishing that stuff, but they do it because it's a business and that's what people want to read. So the point of that video was really directed, not so much at the creators, but the consumers. Like we, we created that situation by rewarding it with our eyeballs or clicks. So stop watching it. Like I get why these cover bands are cover bands because people watch it. 
Yeah. And it's because they're not paying attention to the original. So, you know, you, uh, in, in our world, we claim to, uh, you know, have so much respect for original art and blah, blah, blah. We, we, you know, claim that our taste level is up here, but then there's 10 million views of Japanese schoolgirl playing Meshuggah on a bassoon. Right. Yeah. So that was kind of my point of that video. So I don't fault anybody for making it, you know, it's, especially if that's their job. Um, if that's what you want to do with your time and people are into it, then I get it. It's a business, but I really wish people would give it less attention. It's just like the most lowest common denominator garbage, which like uh, one thing that encourages me very much about YouTube in particular is that there's the, the, the taste level on YouTube, I think has gotten so much better in the past, like four years, I would say like you guys remember in like 2010 or something like that, what was on YouTube? Oh God. Just trash. Yeah. It was just cat videos. And, yeah. Yeah. And now it's stuff like this conversation that we're having right now, which I think is pretty cool. It's true. It's very you promising. Know? Yeah. And that just came around in the past couple of years. And there's the other thing that's encouraging to me as an older person is that there's a lot of older people. Like there weren't people our age on YouTube in 2010. No, and, and it's like you've, you've pointed out before. I mean, either get on the train or you get off this is what is happening you know the yeah. cable is going to be gone it's just gone the fox news abc that is instagram like gary v always talked about that's the equivalent to those big broadcasting networks now it is youtube and i guess netflix and, and everything like that so that's where everything's going whether you're old young fat it doesn't matter like that's what it is now that's it it's where everything is I go to YouTube all the time now, and I never thought I'd be a guy that watched fucking YouTube channel. I, I do all the time now. Same. Yeah. It's like I would rather watch YouTube than anything else. I'd rather watch YouTube than Netflix or TV or any, anything else, um, which, again, I used to think YouTube was garbage. Yep. Um, but, you know, uh, as we were talking about, I'm uh, I, my and as Gary talked about, you know, my point of view on any any of these things changes by the day so yeah uh, youtube might suck today but if it's great tomorrow then i'm on board and also i mean a lot of that stuff it's like saying someone that says i don't like youtube is like saying i don't like ice cream it's like there's a lot of flavors out there man what do you mean don't like, like saying i don't like food i don't like food yeah it's even more yeah. like saying i don't like food i mean there's something on youtube for everybody because it's not one thing it's just a a broadcasting opportunity for everyone and there's like the barrier to entry is really everything's changed you know you don't need a huge budget you don't need to convince a studio to let you have a show you can just go do it there's no excuse what are your favorite channels um i'm not i like a lot of the podcasters for sure i said alan not james oh i'm sorry <laughs> go ahead hogging the microphone so so this is the james podcast and more about <laughs> like, what's funny is i thought i heard alan but i was like maybe i'm just being egotistical and then no, I, um, I spaced out yeah i so my thing lately it's not it's not a channel i kind of go through uh i don't really do the like the channel subscribe kind of thing because mm -hmm. i noticed that a lot of channels will put out uh some shit that i'm into and then you know a handful of duds and then some shit that i'm into and a handful of duds so i don't really trust uh you know channel to channel i think i have a few uh, I subscribe to, you know, my 14-year-old brother has like a, like sort of like a, a video game thing. I'm going to do that, you know, just to be supportive. But uh, I, I typically just go through um, like just rabbit holes and, and I kind of uh, fetish out on like uh, searches. And my, my latest thing has been just uh, classic Tom Green clips. 
just whole oh, okay. episodes of of Tom Green. Um, and then recently, super obsessed with uh, Larry King now, which is just mm. his. It's what we're doing right now, except. Uh, oh yeah, he's great. But his guests mean a lot more than any of us do in the world, and uh, yeah, it's just it's so fascinating. I love that he's kind of hit this point. I he could be 125 or 65. I don't even know, but uh, close to 125. Just, he just doesn't <laughs> care, and he. Uh, I actually on my Instagram story the other day I posted this thing where, uh, who was it? Who was his guest? Uh, I can't remember who his guest was, but he said something about uh, what's something you believed in as a kid that uh, you later felt like a fool for thinking was real. And, and the guest was, uh, might have been Bill Maher. The guest just said God. And what I love oh, about... Oh, it was Tom Segura. Was it Tom Segura? I think it might have been Tom Segura. What I love about Larry King is that he, so many people would ask that question, get an answer, move on to the next question. But Larry King, at, at his age, he's just like, the world wants to know what I think about you know the answer to this question. So he'll stop and almost forget that he's like filming a show. And he'll be like, oh, this is just a conversation, a closed conversation between me and somebody else. Yeah. So when somebody said God, he just he looked at him. He's like, me too. And they just go on this weird little great. tangent about it. And he's just like, he's the world's crazy grandpa. And I'm I'm just so into that. So I've been obsessed just watching Larry King in, in my living room with my pit bull. It's great. That's definitely I'm a good a, one. I'm a big fan. Uh, there's two channels that I really like a lot. So my... Uh, like about half of my family maybe worked in corrections. So like my uh, my dad was a corrections officer. My stepmom worked at a prison also. Oh, that's my awesome. Aunt, my aunt worked at a like juvenile detention facility. And my cousin, her son, is essentially a parole officer now. A little bit different than that, but basically a parole officer. So I grew up hearing about like prison all the time. So I watch a lot of prison channels. Oh, Scared uh, Straight and stuff? No, 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 no. Uh, there's one called Fresh Out that's really good. Oh, um, yeah. I, I, I think you guys would like it. Um, it's uh, a guy who did a bunch of fed time. So for those who don't know, there's fed time and there's state time. They're a little bit different. Um, he did a bunch of fed time for bank robbery. Uh, I think he did like nine years or something. And so he just kind of talked, he interviews people that came out of prison and they just talk about what they learned. He's a really thoughtful guy. Um, so that's a really good one. And there's another guy that was sort of the, sort of one of his friends, this guy named OG Badger, um, who started his own channel. What's really interesting about it the guy that does Fresh Out, um, and I guess sort of touches on a lot of the same things that I talk about on my channel, the guy who does Fresh Out is this big black guy named Big Herc. And uh, Badger um, is, uh, he doesn't say, but I think he must have been in the Aryan Brotherhood because he's got the right tattoos and stuff like that. <laughs> and that's their friend, you know? So they're able to, like, put aside the prison politics, which are a much more serious version of scene politics, right? You know, because it's like, people actually die over that stuff in prison and yet these people and, and outside of prison too. Um, and yet these guys are able to put that aside and, you know, have these cool conversations and stuff like that. So those are nice. usually like two of my current favorite channels. Very cool. I've been digging the vice news channel. That's a good one. I mean, that's like, you know, big time. Big yeah. Time I feel like vice is all over the place. It'll be, uh, not always good, but most times. Yeah. There's like some, there. some current stuff and then it'll just be like, Oh, these two girls, uh, went to, yeah. they went to go work as sex workers in the tiniest town in Alabama. Like super random. And you're just like, that specific. sounds insane. I mean, I'll watch it, but it's, it's weird. Yeah. Yeah. It can be a bummer too. Do you guys watch, uh, what is the, the Jameel, um, is it Jameel Maddox? Uh, is it a Netflix thing? Yeah, no, it's a it's a Vice thing. It's uh, Hate Thy Neighbor. Have you guys watched that at mm -mm. all? I think I know he, the the guy that's been on Gary Vaynerchuk's 
Maybe. That guy. I don't know. Um, but I watched all of season one, and it was awesome. There's just it's, – it's a little political. It's not really my thing, but I, it, the way that they – that they produce the show. It's just, it's super interesting. Essentially, he just kind of, he's, uh, he's from the UK. He's, uh, I want to say, I don't know if he's half black or, or, or full black, but he, uh, and he's got like an English accent. He's just a very like cultured dude. Oh, I think I know you and he'll go, he'll just go hang with, uh, super extremist KKK guys. Yep. And, yep. and they're not a fan of him at all, but he's just like, I just want to talk. I just want to kind of get, oh, I've seen this guy. Yeah. He's, he's, he's a really interesting guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That whole first season was amazing. I don't know if I completed the second season, but from what I remember, it was, it was awesome. Have you guys seen the one where it's another vice one where the guy, like, I saw him on Rogan's podcast and then I went and started to watch the show on vice. He's a guy that goes around and like basically tries drugs from around the world. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. He's a professor, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Something like that, yeah. And it's it sounds like a bonehead, like <laughs> this guy's getting fucked up. It's right. like, but it's way more interesting. He's than a that. sharp guy. Yeah, uh, really smart. Any anytime Rogan talks about anytime the topic of like uh, animals or drugs comes up, I'm out. I <laughs> instantly yeah. delete the episode. Yeah. Like, see ya. Which happens yep, to be a lot. Okay. Yep. Exactly. So uh, I don't make it through a lot of them. I was a religious listener since. I don't know, 2009 or so whenever he started doing it. Can you specify what do you mean when he talks about animals? Like, like hunting, uh, or do you uh, mean like when Jamie, he just nerds Jamie, pull out? Pull up that picture of that jacked chimp. That, gotcha. No, did you guys know that a 150 pound chimp can pull 1,200 pounds? I know. Well, he really gets off Alan, on it. 1,200 pounds. That thing could tear your fucking arms off, Alan. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Jamie, look at look at this one over here. I'm okay. I'm done. Yeah. Or the wolves or anything. Yeah. yeah, he loves like wolves, and he's obsessed with coyotes for some reason. <laughs> yes, and how similar they are to wolves. He's such a yeah. stoner. Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of. Exactly. I'm, I'm the same endearing, as you. Though. For me, it's it's whenever he talks about Regenikine, he's like, oh, oh there's yeah. this there's this <laughs> doctor in Germany. Yeah. It's oh Regenikine, man. They put okay. new Listen, blood in a centrifuge. Cells in my shoulder, and it was just like you know this thing had been killing me for years. <laughs> And after yeah. I went to Germany, it was just like overnight. Like, oh, it I, must be I nice to be a multimillionaire. Oh, cool. you know, the, the big pharma, they don't want this stuff to be legal in the U.S. That's the problem. Right. Yeah. And that'll be like a 45-minute rant. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I watched that episode. He had uh, Mel Gibson and then uh, Mel Gibson's father's doctor on it and like oh yeah i can't believe i watched that whole episode but yeah it was random a lot of the a lot of the same shit just being said over and over and it was cool i mean they went to panama and they they saved uh mel's dad's life or something i guess i don't know it was that show gets that show gets super (laughs) wacky i'm very selective on what episodes i watch i agree well it's a lot better when he used than when he used to have comedians on all the time who are just dummies i mean they're they're funny but they and I also hated the red band days. Brian, I oh, can't really? stand that fucking guy. I mean, I think he's funny and whatever, but Sometimes, I didn't like him in yeah. the context of Rogan. Yeah, you need him in small doses because he... When Rogan was mean to him, he's always fucking yeah. bullying I mean, I kind I of get that. Him. I think you put I red band around sure. me for two weeks. Yeah. I'm probably not going to be a... Yeah. I mean, he would just blurt out dumb shit all the time that would derail the conversation. And, yeah. and then he would laugh yeah. about it for 45 minutes. And you're yeah. like, dude, yeah. there's listeners. Like... Try to reel yeah. it in. I think of Rogan's podcast as as like we were talking about YouTube earlier. It's just a thing that there's everything on there. Like it's not all gonna be for you. And he talks right. about that. Like there's you'll have hunters on. If you're not into hunting, don't don't check that one out. 
Yeah. You know, I, I did enjoy when he had uh, James Hetfield on there talking about beekeeping, though. <laughs> yeah, it's the most <laughs> random shit. And he always, he'll always have people on. Like, if he had you on, Finn, he, yeah. my guess is he wouldn't even mention Punk Rock NBA. He wouldn't mention you in no. Academy. It, like, that's not the objective of being on Rogan's podcast. No, we are talking about that Jack Chimp. You're talking about the Jack yeah. Chimp. He wants to pull the most mundane thing out of people and then make that the <laughs> – which, I mean, that's – Which is kind of cool. Yeah, it's kind of a skill right there. For me, it's if I see a guest and there's and the word doctor is in there, I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I'll yeah. catch yeah. it next week. Doc, what's the one he always – the girl? Dr. Rhonda Patrick. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. see ya. I'm like, cool, pass. See ya. And then uh, next week it's yep. Steve-O, and I'm like, I'm oh, listening yeah. so hard. <laughs> listen so hard, yeah. I listened to uh, most of the MMA ones because I've been a huge MMA fan. Since oh, we are too. Oh, boom. There's, there's a few fighters who I like. I don't want to hear anything from Eddie Bravo's mouth ever. For the rest <laughs> oh, of yeah. Dude, I'm right there with you, man. Yeah. That <laughs> I mean, guy's a maniac. Jiu-jitsu wise, yeah, we got to all bow down to it. But it's a fucking flat earth shit and conspiracy theory. Shut the fuck yeah. up. Yeah. God, he's exhausting. I probably don't ever need to hear from... Uh, uh, what the fuck? Why can't I remember his name? Uh, Tim Kennedy ever again? Yeah, I'm with oh, you. Oh, see, on I that. like Kennedy. Oh, really? Yeah, I like the. Yeah, I'm a fan, yeah. dude. I like Tim Kennedy. I think he's a beast. Uh, I, I, Brian Stan might be my favorite MMA guest that he ever had. Oh, I, I don't know who. He I is. mean, he Brian I, Stan sure is the, he's the straightest arrow. Like that guy exactly. is. Which one vanilla is Vanilla ice cream. Why not know? He's uh. All I know is he's got a Slipknot tattoo. <laughs> oh, does he? Yeah, like he's on a, his he's a uh. Fiber. Um. Yeah. He, he might actually still be in the Marines. I'm not sure. Oh, he's a um, fighter. He he's the dude yeah. that Joe always wants to run for president. Yeah, I I I'd consider giving him my vote. I would I'm definitely consider it. Yeah, yeah, he is the straightest arrow that there ever was. He's like a real life GI Joe. Yeah, is it just all day? Yep. Is it that pop up? There that guy? Is. Yep. Yep. He's got the Slipknot S between his shoulder blades, and I can't believe no one oh, ever talks yeah, about it. Oh yeah, Mr. Jaw. Yeah, he's a, he's a bad mofo. Is he yeah, uh, Bellator now, or is he still UFC? I think he retired. Yeah, gotcha. he used to do some some commentating for UFC, and I loved him as a commentator. Um, oh, he fought Chael Sonnen. Yep. Okay. He knocked gotcha. out Vanderlei too, I believe. Yeah, he did. You know, Chael is a local Oregon dude. Yep, that's right. The gangster from West Lynn. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's right, what that's it, right. Finn? I would die to know your opinion on Chael Sonnen. Uh, I think he's hilarious. Um, and I would not trust him farther <laughs> than I could throw him, which is not very far. That's the perfect answer, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he's a convicted felon. He, yeah, he uh, didn't give a fuck. what, three times for PED? I love, he's very open about it, too. Yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah I might get away with it. I'll do it again. <laughs> he, he, likes to, he likes to reply to that accusation with the word allegedly. Oh, right, right. Even though it's it's very much in stone. He's My a favorite one. Uh, did you guys ever listen to uh, the Sure Dog podcast? A no, little bit. Yeah, I've ever. never. So this was maybe 2009, before people were kind of on to uh, to Chael's shtick. Um, when he had just kind of because so you guys may remember he used to be really boring. Like nobody gave a fuck yeah. about Chael. Absolutely, he would wrestle and then get uh, he would lose second round via triangle choke. That exactly. was his. That was his move. Yes, nobody cared at all about him. And then suddenly he just basically decided to like turn heel and turns out he's really entertaining and then he got really big. So yeah. this was right after he turned turned heel and people weren't quite hip to it yet. He was on Sure Dog Radio and uh he had fought on uh he had fought on the same card as GSP. I don't remember which one it was. 
but he had fought like, you know, third under GSP or whatever. And uh, so they interviewed him on Sherdog Radio about it. He was like, well, you know, GSP actually personally requested me to be on that card because he knew what a draw I am. And I was just like, wow, really? And, he's, and, and he was like, oh, fuck, I thought I was serious. So he's like, uh, well, I mean, that's, that's what I was told. I haven't actually asked GSP about it myself, uh, uh, but that's, that's what I was told. You know what? Let me give him a call right now. Uh, cause I would hate to give you bad information. So he's so random phone number and it rings and rings. He's like, well, you know what? GSP is not picking up right now. So let me, uh, let me just confirm that and get back to you. But that's my impression. Yes. Is that he requested me to be on that card. <laughs> so legit. That's right. So that must've been a while ago. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah I'm, I'm a Shit. massive Chael Sonnen fan. I, I usually go around saying that he's, He's like one of maybe three people I could be starstruck by. Like I, I've been a fan of his for a while. I specifically remember Uf, UFC two, no UFC one seventeen, uh, was his rematch against Anderson Silva, and that was that was the most nervous I've ever been watching a fight. And I thought he had it, and oh man, the performance was solid, and he just he, he couldn't pull out the win, and I was I was heartbroken. Yeah, man, that was, uh, you know, Chael's Chael's an underrated fighter. He was damn good. He really should have had, you know, he should have been the champion. He was, what, Mm. 30 seconds away from being the champion before he gave up the fucking triangle, as always. Yeah, or even the the one that nobody talks about, which is crazy, is his fight against John Jones, where John Jones broke his big toe. And if uh, Chael could have just held on, he would have, I mean, it would have been a cheap win because it would have been, you know, via disqualification or, or whatever, whatever the verbiage would have been. But yeah, it's, uh, it's so crazy. He's got a lot of those kind of finishes. Yeah, he does. Uh, so the, the, my only issue with, um, with Chael, which is, I think where maybe you may be headed with this clip here is that he, uh, you know, he kind of opened the door to the UFC as it is now, which is like way too WWE, too much shit talking and stuff for me, you know, Chael did it like, as a bit it was funny um but now it's just everybody's talking shit and unlike chael they're not funny right they're just talking shit and i just really am not interested in that you know connor is pretty entertaining too i can kind of tolerate it when he does it but even then it just gets a little old connor's not clever like uh chael is so that's my only thing with chael is just that people realize like oh if you're just an obnoxious shithead then you'll get attention, which is, you know, the same thing that happens on YouTube and all these other places. So that part I'm not that excited about, but, uh, you know. Well, I always uh, got the vibe that with Chael, like, he would he would talk shit, but it was in, like you said, it was a very WWE thing. I heard that he became really close friends with Stone Cold Steve Austin, and, and he started to share contacts with him and, and step up his kind of theatrical game. But, uh, oh, okay. yeah, he, uh, you know, he was also the biggest company man ever. He would do his thing, but then... He wouldn't really he wouldn't uh, say fuck off to to the UFC, right. much like Connor does. Connor Connor challenges the UFC and says, you know, look at my numbers and, you know, come back to me with a better offer because you would be right. screwed without me. So it's much more adversarial. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's that's, uh, you know, Connor definitely is the one that I wouldn't say ruined the sport for me, but made me like it a lot less. Right. Um, you know, for all the reasons you're talking about. But, you know, I again, I can't hate on him for doing it. He made himself rich as fuck off of it. No, oh, yeah. It's I'm ridiculous. a huge fan. He's definitely a good fighter, but he's not the best. Dude, but, we saw uh, that with Khabib. What do you think about that fight, Finn? Well, I mean, it's Khabib. 
you know, I mean, unbelievable. There's only way. There's only one way Connor was going to win that fight, which is you know puncher's chance. But mm-hmm. I don't think at 155, I don't think he has the power that he did at 45. And even at 45, you know, it's not like he was Anderson Silva just knocking people dead with one shot. He he did a little bit, but you know, he uh, you know, I mean, he 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 won by TKO, not just like walk off KO. And I think that's what you have to do with Khabib is you got to just like knock him dead with one shot on the way in because you know his chain wrestling is just so fucking good his mat returns and his top pressure like it's a terrifying man it's awful yeah i couldn't i mean how do you fucking beat that after watching that fight because i you know i root for connor almost every time he fights like you know i i show my i'm such a dork show my fucking irish flag and i'm ready to go Uh yeah and all my buddies are like all right james fucking have well, fun with that he's gonna get his ass whooped and well what i think connor could have done differently and obviously it's easy for me to say it's just some guy in his uh in his living room here but sure. uh i would say connor didn't look like his best in that fight in particular uh you know he usually has a lot better footwork he's a lot better at like controlling the distance and working angles which i think is really your only shot and he had some good you know i mean i think it was the third round khabib couldn't take him down um, and, uh, so I think he got the better of that round. So, you know, it is possible. Um, you know, but the problem is just like once Khabib gets on top of you, you pretty much have to write that round off. So, you know, you'd have to do that for three out of five rounds, which is a tough order. But I think, you know, the controlling the distance is, is where I think he had his best shot, you know, cause Khabib, um, you know, he'll usually shoot that like low single from way outside. Uh, that's usually how he starts his, you know, starts his chain wrestling that ends in the takedown. So that's, if I was his coach, that would I, that's what I would ask for, but I'm not his coach and I'm not qualified to be his coach. So what the fuck do I know? I know. I, yeah. Yeah. He's, I mean, Khabib is a, he's, he's tough. He's a tough challenge. I think that Connor exploited a couple small things, but I remember, uh, reading this article and, and uh, Connor's coach, his head coach, John Cavanaugh kind of talked about how if he had it to, to do over again, they would have made uh, Connor's game plan less defensive and more offensive. Because like you said, he absolutely, yeah. his only chance was, was uh, striking. And yep. if you look at it, he just didn't throw the way that he did with any other um, opponent. And that's because he was waiting for the takedown so mm-hmm. much so that Khabib even landed a punch, which everybody wrote off Khabib's striking game. So right there, you're just like, listen, you're so worried about the takedown. Right. You're not even the true Connor. And, and your sentiments about that, I think yeah. everybody agrees with the, the entire MMA community is like, that looked like a different Connor. He wasn't fighting his fight, which is understandable because it's fucking Khabib. Yeah, it's um, yeah the scariest yeah. matchup for him. I would, I'd be interested in seeing a rematch. Connor doesn't deserve it, but uh, right. I would too. I would be interested. Yeah, I'm surprised what, that you'd say that. What I would like to see is um, Khabib versus a prime Frankie Edgar. You know, I think Frankie's a little past his prime now, but that would prime be dope. Frankie, that would be the fight because Frankie's so fast, his what's, wrestling's so goddamn good. What's the deal with Khabib's visa and all that shit? What's the news on that? I think that right now there's still the athletic commission is still uh, talking about it. I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure. For me, I want to see. Uh, I I think that the Frankie Edgar fight would be good. I don't see the UFC giving him that next. He would for sure need to at least win one to get that. Plus, I think. Uh, yeah, but who would be before him? Well, I I think that the 
if I had to put my money on anybody, I think, and this is crazy to say because they've attempted to fight five times, I believe, but uh, Tony Ferguson. I mean, I for oh, me, that's the one right. where I'm like, yeah, I, I know you keep trying it, and Tony refuses to not wear sunglasses indoors, so he trips over things and tears his <laughs> – Tears his knee apart. Yeah, he's uh, a goofball, man. He is. He's, he's one of the so weirdest good, dudes though. in the world, but he I love it. Blow out his knee tripping over like a mic cable. Yeah, he tripped over a right? cable doing doing press for the fight. And yeah. and uh, Dana White said like it's because this motherfucker won't not wear sunglasses indoors. And he, like destroyed his knee. Yeah, right. eviscerated it. Needed surgery. <laughs> like it. That was it, a good fight though. Yeah. I, I would like to watch, man. I would love to see yeah. it. I would love to see. I am a certified Anthony Pettis hater. So, yeah, dude. Um, I'm slowly getting there too. I'm I'm pretty tired with it. The Showtime kick was cool, and then since then it's been kind of whatever. Yeah. It's just so frustrating because his game plan is basically, uh, so here if if I was his coach, I'd be like, okay, Anthony, here's here's your game plan. If you don't knock him out in the first thirty seconds, just walk backwards for the rest of the fight. Right. Yeah, that's how it feels. Okay, coach. <laughs> I got, I got you. No problem. Yeah, it just it feels like there there became kind of more more flashy, Showtime shit and less. You know, I think that you have to mix that with a little bit of that that dog fight. You got to be willing to get in there and yeah. right. and grind it out. But uh, he got his know. fucking ass kicked by uh, Dos Anjos, and I think that yeah. probably, I think that was. I mean that that's a tough loss for anybody. So I th- I think that probably made it harder for him to pull the trigger. There was a little improvement with the Ferguson fight, even though he lost. Like I felt yeah. like, okay, this is what everybody wanted a little more. Like even in mm-hmm. that loss, I'm I would be interested in seeing another fight. But you know, like you said, if he comes back like he did against uh, Dos Anjos, then I don't care anymore. How do you feel about the Cowboy Connor fight? Do you think? Well, a is that really going to happen? I- I've heard absolutely, and I've heard absolutely not. I know Brendan Schaub's like, oh, it's it's going to happen. Yeah, I've heard from my sources it's going to happen. Uh, well, you we'll know, Shab says a lot of things. <laughs> it's he true. Says, he says yeah. a ton of things. Yeah. How do you feel about that fight, though, Finn? Uh, from like the perspective of uh, you know, what's going to happen in the octagon? Yeah. Or just or even just as a fan, you know, like is that something you would be uh-huh. interested in? Yeah, I would totally like to see it. Um, it's interesting because that's definitely a step down for Connor. You know. Yeah. Like, absolutely. He's always fought the best of the best. You know, whether he wins. Well, actually, that's not true. Nate Diaz. Is not the best of the best, but <laughs> right. you know, by and large, he has challenged himself to fight like really top level guys that you know a lot of people, including me, thought were maybe was like, man, uh, you know, he may have bit off more than he could chew, even with like Eddie Alvarez, and you know, but he he came out on top, uh, Aldo, obviously. So you know, Cerrone is like, I I'm a huge Cerrone fan, but you know, he's definitely a notch down from those guys. So that is interesting to me. I wonder if Connor will like be able to like get up for it mentally you know yeah i agree and also a lot of what you said about uh pettis i started to feel that way about cerrone too like his fight uh the fight before did he fight elkins or no i'm sorry not elkins uh who is the uh the the huge dude he's kind of a newer guy um i'm completely blanking on his name but i I feel like cowboys last fight what's that I didn't see Cowboy's last fight. Oh, okay. Well, then that's yeah. Then that's either. so he he fought Mike Perry, and for that's me, right. I I was kind of on the same train as you with uh with Pettis, where I I just didn't feel like Cowboy really had the fire, and I know a lot of people were kind of commiserating about um you know well he's he's doing too many other things, and I don't think fighting's really it's not his thing. He's into 
you know, extreme sports and whatever. Wakeboarding. Yeah. And so I was a little worried that we were just going to kind of see this, uh, this cowboy kind of just deteriorate and, and eventually become uh, unwatchable. And then he just came out with this fire against Mike Perry, who I believe was a little beneath cowboy in the first place. I, I think that cowboy yeah. definitely had the advantage, especially in experience. But uh, he came out angry and hungry. And I think that cowboy, that cowboy versus McGregor would be an incredibly interesting matchup. But any of the previous yeah. cowboys, I'm a little less interested. See, cowboy actually has, I would say at 155, has a lot more stopping power than Connor does. Yes, absolutely. Cowboy just knocked out or submitted a lot of people. I don't know what the percentage is, but. You know, he has that he can end a fight at any time in a lot of different ways. Um, so I, I, I would give him the advantage uh, over Connor. And I think he's probably the bigger guy. He's definitely taller. No. Yeah. Well, he's got kicks that, uh, that yeah. Connor needs to watch out for. I mean, not that Connor didn't need to watch out for kicks against, you know, uh, Jose Aldo, but it's, Jeez. you know, uh, Cerrone just has a, he has got a, in terms of striking, a very well rounded game. Yep. I would watch it. Well, guys, I should go. Um, yeah, because, absolutely. Yeah, I, I don't want to keep the uh, lady waiting too much longer. Um, but thank you very much for having me. Uh, let me know when this goes live, and I'll be sure to share it on my end. And uh, definitely keep in touch. I will let you know if I head down to Portland anytime soon. I'm sure I will. Um, yeah, we'll have you in the studio. It's more fun. You come up here and say hi to Mr. Crummett for me. I will, will do. Where can people find you, Finn? They can find me on YouTube at youtube.com slash the punk rock MBA, or they can find me on Instagram at Finn McKenty, F-I-N-N-M-C-K-E-N-T-Y. Uh, or they can find me at the Starbucks in Woodenville, Washington every morning. There you go. I'm a Starbucks <laughs> frequenter as well. Me too. I used to fight it as I was young. It's like, I don't want to support this corporation. And then as I, I get support older. local businesses, I, that, I'm, yeah. a, I'm a local business guy. So Amazon, Microsoft, Starbucks. <laughs> there you go yeah man <laughs> that's hilarious well thanks again man you're a busy guy we appreciate your time thanks so much Ooh, finn that was a blast a all right Talk to you soon. see you buddy bye, bye. all right welcome back to the show I'd like to thank finn for being on what a rad guy. Yeah. Jeez Louise. We lucked out. I know, man. What were you saying? That he was your favorite? Yeah, he's my he's my favorite guest that we've had since I started the podcast. Hilarious dad joke. Yeah. That's <laughs> good stuff, right? That's pretty good. He's, for those that aren't catching on, he's the first one we've had. Yeah, he's the first. Yeah, so. he's the first fucking guest. Yeah. I feel like, I mean, if it's... With, with you. I tried to tell State you, man. Stateside Podcast B. It's, it's since, you, since you got me, it's going to be baller. And he's, uh, he's example numero uno. Yeah, man. What a rad guy. Like, just a worker bee. Hustler. Yeah. Sick dude. Take notes, children. Look at what people like Finn are doing. Yeah, he just follows his heart. That's really all he does. Sincere, you know, and it's it's so rare to see a 40-year-old guy take the love and passion of things that, you know, he loved as a kid, as a teenager, and, you know, condense that into a diamond. A yeah. diamond of ideas for something he can do as an adult and make money off it. Yeah, it's like a 25-year-long diamond. Like he's just <laughs> no. Or longer than that, probably. I don't even know. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I love – I just I, – I, I dig his style, the whole, like, you know, take ownership of 
your own responsibility in this thing. It's up to you. You, It's up to you to make things happen. And that's good news. It's no one else's fault but yours. And then on top of that, he's an MMA fan. He's an MMA fan. That tickled me. That was great. We got along swimmingly. Jeez. Go support that guy's YouTube channel, the Punk Rock MBA. That's Mary Boy Alpha. <laughs> <laughs> what is MBA? Is that a bachelor's degree? Is that what that means? I think so, yeah. I'm dumb. Yep. I think that's what it is. Uh, for so. the longest time, I thought it was NBA. And then I, I was like, what does that mean? I, then I thought it was NBA. just BA. Right. Yeah, I don't know. No, we're pretty stupid. Uh, we maybe should have asked him that. <laughs> that Probably. Dude, that fucking old lady yeah. thing here is super creepy. I like that we decided to have it face us. Yeah, for the listeners, I have a Halloween decoration thing of some creepy old lady that's clearly balding. Yeah. And uh, she's like a maid, I guess. She kind she looks a little bit like Stanley Tucci. I don't. Do you know who that is? <laughs> she's like Stanley Tucci. Uh, she's got raccoon eyes, I'm though. Look that up. It's oh, so good, man. You're gonna lose it, man. First Stanley photo that that comes up, you're gonna be like, Alan nailed it. <laughs> look, at <this. laughs> look at that. That's oh Stanley Tucci. Oh my god, dude. this is blowing my mind. <laughs> For those who are listening, look up Stanley Tucci. And you'll know what we're looking at right now. <laughs> Stanley Tucci. Old lady. Stanley Tucci. All day. I'm <laughs> uncanny. We need a pair of glasses on her. Oh, boy. That's Sketchy. fucking hilarious. And I like that her tray is empty. It's supposed to, like, serve kids Halloween candy, and it's just... It's yeah, just nothing. Yeah, it's Stanley Tucci with a skullet and no candy. Yeah, that's right. And staring right at you. <laughs> so creepy. I think it, it moves. It I think it's out of batteries, but when you touch it to take yeah. candy off, it yells at you. And you I can see that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the eyes light up and shit. Um, let's do a little current events, Alan Ashcraft. Cool. By the way, motherfuckers, it's Ashcraft, not Ashcroft. Has anybody said Ashcroft? I've heard it a few times already. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Me too. I'm sure you've heard it a lot yeah. in your life. Um, this just in, not really just in, but this is a new thing that's going on. Spotify is basically trying to become a record label. Have you heard about this? I actually haven't. <laughs> it's crazy. It, I mean, it's like kind of a monumental shift in what's happening these days. So Spotify is signing original artists. They're acting exactly like a label. They'll give you money to go make a record and they'll put it direct out on Spotify. I mean, they got How the money. How about that? Yeah, they have the money to do it. Yeah, the company is offering artists a best-in-class cut of their streaming royalties, but its program is a work in progress. Um, one of their first signings was Via Mia Coleman, the singer, American Idol lady. Okay, I guess like she's that. seventeen. I've never heard of her, but yeah. This is Spotify's plan to reshape the music business and its image. For decades, artists have relied on record, label, record labels to help them get airtime on radio and TV stations to sell uh, albums. And then it goes on to say, the year's 10 best-selling albums were all released or distributed by a major label. But now that streaming accounts for 75% of the U.S. market. Wow. And the world's largest Spotify is betting that can change. I would have think that'd be more by now. So does it say who else they've, they've signed? Um, n- not 
that I see. I I've heard I heard about a couple months ago. So Haitian DJ Michael yeah. Brun. See all these people I don't know. Like yeah. why would they sign people that no one knows about? You know it's funny we haven't heard about them, but I bet if we went to their Spotify pages, they have like ten million streams per song. Yeah, there's right. a lot of that. I just found out about. Uh, oh man, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna slaughter the name. I think it's I know first name's Billy, then I think it's Eilish. Uh, and she's massive. She's 16 years old. It blows my mind. These I people just, that I have no idea who they are, and they're huge. It's so hard to. Yeah, I think it's Eilish. Um, she currently, she just released a song, but I mean, her streams are unreal. She's got one with uh, Khalid, who I'm a huge fan of. Uh, 269 million streams. She's That's an insane number. She's monstrous. She writes a lot. Of, her brother writes a ton of songs. He's a he's a producer himself, and she teams up with him, and it's just like really like haunting vocals, and she's unreal talented. She also seems at least 10 years older than what what she is but uh mm-hmm. yeah that's all over the place really hard to keep up it's nuts this article goes on to say too kind of interesting of course the direct upload plan isn't altru- altruistic spotify which is on track to lose more than 170 million this year pays out more than 70 percent of its monthly sales to right holders the direct upload system up spotify's take even as it delivers 50% to the artists, which typically get more like 15% to 20% under their old system. Jeez Louise. The, I, yeah, they're like in the hole. <laughs> Spotify is not making any money. Yeah. I, which is I crazy because you always see, like, at least my, my Twitter feed is, is just full of like I know, it's band like, dudes that I follow that they take a picture of their, their royalty statement and it's and like, like, like one We're on cent. a Spotify playlist. You know, that's such a huge deal now. Yeah. So that's that's a little music news for you. Sick. Did you hear about? Uh, <laughs> I always think of how uh, Chris D'Elia pronounces his name. Oh. Six 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 nine. He does it multiple. Yeah. So it's Tenkashi six Ten- nine, but he'll say like uh, Ten- Blenbloshi seventy two. Blenbloshi seventy two. Yeah. <laughs> he always refers to it as her. Yeah, yeah. How do you? How would I even type his name? Uh, six, like that. Just do like you could. How do you pronounce his name? I think it's. Is it Tenkashi six nine? Fuck. Well, but it's six i x nine i n e. Like part of me is like I should know this, and the other part of me is like, why, dude? Yeah, he's why? in prison. Who gives a fuck? Like, he he hasn't been important to me since he's been a thing. I don't know. Brooklyn rapper seventy <laughs> two arrested on racket racketeering charges. Cool racketeering. Another word that cool. I don't know the definition. I don't. What does that mean? Yeah, it's not the 30s. I don't know what that means. Yeah, it's tough. Um, I don't know what this is. But apparently he's going to prison, it sounds like. Yeah, that's cool. He's participated in multiple acts of violence over the past eight months. Oh, really? Cool. <laughs> As a surprise. Oh, the the picture of him wouldn't tell me that at all by his rainbow dyed hair. Look yeah. at that asshole. Yeah. Oh boy, I have a friend who's positive that, that this guy's just—he's just trolling. Like this isn't him. And for me, I'm—I like, could kind of see that, you know. It's—it's it's 2018. This is how we—this is how we do it. But also, like, what a fucking commitment. I know. Like I—I I like trolling just as much as the next guy, but I just like thinking of him going to prison. He's going to get his 
ass pounded. P -p 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 pounded. Yeah. Oh, he's Look at that guy. He's a fresh piece of meat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's a little tart. He is. God damn. Imagine being a giant, you know, like seven foot big old bro in prison. You haven't had any tang for a year. This guy's going to get it. He coming in there with his rainbow hair. and That's a lot of color. A lot of too, simply too much color. Yeah. I don't get it. His music sucks. Right? Am I wrong? I mean, no, no, it does. It does. It for does, sure. Clearly. Uh, he, uh, I mean, this is, this is how you, you merge a couple subjects. He's got a, he's got a song called Gucci Gang. And uh, then our, our buddy Pete Davidson from the last episode, he parodied that with Tucci Gang. All about Stanley Tucci. No way. What's the fucking yeah. chance? Look at me merging shit, dude. Dude, that's fucking amazing. Natural. Yeah, you could uh, SNL and then uh, Tucci Gang, and it's him and uh, it's him and Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell plays Stanley Tucci. They couldn't get him. Uh, they couldn't get him there, but Sam Rockwell. Oh, is he the Gucci Gang? Gucci Gang? Gucci yep, Gang? That yeah. guy. Yep. Yep. Just an awful song. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, it's. Oh, I thought that was Lil Pump. That's a different guy. Oh, you know what? You know what? They look very similar. It's all the same to, to me. To be fair, yeah. they look. They're all. I mean, here's the problem. They're hyper, all trash. They're all garbage. Yeah. With hyper color hair. Let's go, let's go with it. Let's just say that was still him. Just, <laughs> just refuse to put in anything other than Tenkashi Six Nine Gucci Gang. <laughs> oh, that's oh, so good. Oh God, dude, that's how much I care. I don't know. Okay, let's listen to one of Tenkashi Tenkashi Six Nine. I'm actually kind of not mad at this. Eh, the gunshots or whatever. We're gonna get taken off YouTube for this, huh? This is the most thug reason to get taken off YouTube, though. I like. There's no way that's his voice. No. There's no way. He's a tiny person. I know my voice is deeper than his, so that that's not real. Look at his face. That Dude, guy does. Look how many views that has. What is that number? What are we at? I can't even read. That is three hundred and eight million four hundred and seventy thousand wow. nine hundred and twenty-four views. A lot of dumbasses out there, man. A lot of numbers. Yeah, a lot, a lot, a lot of dumbos out there for sure. <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> Tenkashi six nine. Tim Blashi So good. So fucking good. Whatever. All right, well fuck that guy. Moving on. Um, <laughs> have you seen the the guy that got arrested and people are his mugshot is going viral with the wide neck? Oh, wide the neck, neck guy. Yeah, yeah, dude. I heard this on the fighter and the kid. Titan neck. <laughs> I mean, it's unreal. Okay. I saw an article where he was like, yo, thank you, Internet. I'm getting more ass than I've ever gotten in my life. Is that right? Yeah, and that made me so happy for some reason. Oh. <laughs> you know what I... YPC, the whole team, the whole city. Free man. Big brother, man. Fly high. Look how big his neck is. They'll show it a little bit more. Yeah, we got to talk about this. Like, what? That's... That's more than just being a buff dude. His neck is like as big as my, almost as big as my shoulders. Yeah. Width wise. What is that neck? 
It's got to be genetic, which is so impressive. All the comments are so funny. That's like bigger than uh, like the dude from Cannibal Corpse. He's got a big ass neck, but it's even bigger. Yeah. Oh my God. Shout out to Ashley Buck. What was this one called? Haven't understood yeah. one word he yeah. said. Not not one single word. I've heard of the heart of the streets, but you the neck of Huh? <laughs> yeah, 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 I heard yeah, neck. Yeah, 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 yeah. Man lives. You got a big ass neck. Project those words. What are you doing? Yeah. Neck. I saw a meme that was like, this motherfucker looks like he could swallow peanut butter. <laughs> yeah, all the comments Straight are so goddamn it. funny. Like, where are we at where, like... I think this man was neck-collected as a child. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, this is news. Like, this is huge. Uh, yeah. We've seen this video so many times. We've seen... Yeah. This dude is a meme. Yeah. Like, yeah. This, this is where we're at. I think it's just that things are so fucking bizarre now. Yeah. That, like, this is a change of... This is a... It's like a dessert. Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, all of California is on fire. Yeah, exactly. That's really dark. And then it's like, yeah, no, true, that sucks. Do you see that dude with the big-ass neck? You see that dude with the big-ass neck? That's that crazy, crazy, right? Yeah, it's... Kamplashi uh, 854 <laughs> is going to prison. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you see this uh, F3, you know what, Formula 3? No. Oh, yeah. It's brutal. You know what's crazy, but not really? Female driver. Yeah. It was a female driver. Yeah, it's a like a hot female driver. I mean, Jeez. as if the stereotype isn't strong enough. Like, you have a responsibility. Yeah. As a female driver. Like, you got to maybe not rock it through a parking garage or whatever that was that she, Absolutely. she smashed through. It's, um, what was her name? Sophia. She's 17. I know that. Oh, that's right. She's only 17? Yeah. No. She needs to calm down. Whoever gave her the keys to a Formula One race car needs to calm down. Yeah, that's right. Watch. And how does she catch air? Dude, it's crazy how high she goes. Is there a ramp only for her? It looks like it. Oh, I think she hits this car or something. It's the same colors. It's one of the same team. We don't think it is. Another crash at Lisbon. Everyone else is slowing down and taking the corner with caution. This guy's uh, voice is so funny. Life goes funny. on. And, oh, no, life wait goes a minute. On. There's another car gone oh, wait, did she already crash? We are going to stop safety here because of the fence. They'll show it. She, she touched Deruvula's car. Okay, so she hit a car and then that started to spin out. These are the consequences, it says. I like that somebody turned this one incident into a Tarantino video. I know. To show us the clip. Yeah, no shit. Oh! Come on. Fuck me. Look how high that is. Come on. I mean, that's like close to almost three stories. Like, that's one, two stories. She caught air. Oh, my. Apparently she's okay. She's like a fractured spine, but she's not dead. Somehow. I mean, that's awesome. I don't. I don't want her to die, but. Oh, look at how did she not hit everyone there? All these angles. That's what it is. Another car was a ramp. Brutal.
that's no, boy. that's the downside of you, you text your boyfriend for the sixth time. I don't know. What do you want to eat? And then boom, you're in the middle of a parking garage, just jammed up in it. Jammed up. And somehow not yeah. dead. That's awesome. Yep. 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 Seventeen. Yep. You're googling Japanese man marries house. Japanese man marries house. <laughs> Did he really marry a house? No, he marries hologram. Yeah. That's so much more Japanese. Yeah, this is fucking eighteen thousand dollar wedding ceremony. Japanese man marries computer-generated hologram hologram in eighteen thousand dollar wedding ceremony. A 35-year-old man in Japan married a computer-generated singing software that resembles a 16-year-old anime pop star. Mm. That's tough. Named Hatsune Miku in a $18,000 wedding ceremony with nearly 40 guests. 40 people showed up showed up for that shit. Uh, yeah, dude, I'll support it. What time? God. They said the mom didn't wouldn't show up. Well, yeah, no shit. Clearly. Is this the wedding? Their wedding. His bride is Hatsune Miku. That's it? Virtual reality star in Japan with thousands of loyal fans. Oh, that's it? She was developed as a computer-generated singing software that resembles a 16-year-old... Dude, this is like the movie Her. Her Yeah. Do you see that movie? Yeah, I loved it. This is so creepy. I mean, this is where we're headed. In front of yeah. 40 I mean, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not headed that way. What are you talking yeah, about? I, I don't mean we, like me and you, but the world. Look at that. Yeah, cool. There's, there's your beautiful wife. Well, there's your wife. You get to not fuck. She's the size of a, she's the size of a remote control. That's the thing. And she's tiny, and she's not real. And then not real. Oh, and he is in love. That's Dude, so creepy. That is such a oh, she's buffering right now. <laughs> he was trying to talk to her. <laughs> he was trying to talk to her, but her image was buffering. That's so fuck aggressive. him. Fuck her. Yeah, fuck him all. Asshole. Oh, she's sipping fake wine. Oh, he's drinking with her. Oh, I cute. Just firebomb the whole, just that whole thing. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, very and creepy. And why is it a 16-year-old? Yeah, that is interesting. Like, he chose that. <laughs> oh, yeah, she didn't hear what she was saying. Japan's Jap declining population. Japan, so they have, like, a problem with, like, at most people are single in Japan right now. It said something about the percentage of people that are single. Well, it's probably hard as a woman to find a man when they're looking for software to marry. Yeah, apparently... Uh, Everyone, you know, most people in Japan are focused on like careers and stuff. Mm -hmm. So, you know, people aren't giving birth <laughs> to kids and stuff. So it says, in sexless Japan, almost half of single young men and women are virgins. Half. A survey of Japanese people aged 18 to 34 found that almost 70% of unmarried men and 60% of unmarried women are not in a relationship. That's pretty crazy. That is. That's a lot. Uh, moreover, many of them have never got close or cuddly. Around 42% of them of the men and 44.2% of the women admitted they were virgins. Of Ugh. what age? What oh, age Billy. bracket was that? 18 to 34. 34 is simply too old to not have had sex or even your dick touched. Dude, so I used to be uh, a... Uh, security guard at a community college oh yeah that's right and there were these uh it was a sick job but towards the end of my 
employment there, there were these two. <laughs> I, just, I just imagine them listening to this, which, what are the odds? But I fucking hope they do at the same time. Uh, <laughs> this this pair of twins, two, two male twins, they were, uh, you know, quite portly. They were overweight and uh, redhead. And they would talk to me all the time about how going to Japan was uh, it was awesome for them. They would go over there for a small period of time. They would be English teachers. And all they would talk about, though, wasn't their time as English teachers or what the students were like or the culture, but just how they, as walking, just walking down the street, they were anomalies. They visually looked very odd because they were incredibly white, fat, redhead, right. American males. And then just the amount of ass that they would pull in as those anomalies. And they loved it. They were just like, uh, they're just serial killers about it. They were like, oh, we can just get, we can get so many. That's what they would say. We could get so many. Uh, and I felt like they stopped themselves before the words victims. Uh, <laughs> like, uh, and they would tell me this shit on my lunch break. And I'm like, cool, cool dude. Guys. Real creepy. Ugh. Just so bizarre. So every time I hear about uh, Japan, I, I just think about those two. That's gross. Yeah. I feel weird now. I kind of wonder what they're doing. They're probably in Japan right now. Probably in Japan getting victims. Or Just, yeah, they're software developers. <laughs> I know. It's always weird, right? When you see, like, I used to work with this guy. He was middle-aged at best. He was probably even older, like 60s or older or something. And he was as gross of a person as you can imagine. White, like clammy guy balding yeah yeah, yeah i know what you mean these guys were too yeah just super super gross and he had a very very young like filipino wife yeah or something it was like you know she obviously married him to get a visa situation yeah and he'd always show us pictures of it and stuff and just like oh that poor girl she was like yeah. 20 dude and he had like three sets of kids from three separate wives just a real dirtbag Maybe she's got a thing for uh, middle-aged, creepy, weird-smelling. I just hope she got her visa, divorced his ass, and got half his shit. Yeah. I just watched a documentary about guys that they go to Thailand and uh, they, they like, hook up. Like, they go to a spa where only women looking for those types of men go. And What then, do you mean? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, like rich yeah. – yeah, uh, sugar, sugar yeah. daddies or whatever. So, yeah, essentially. Yeah. Uh, which you know, to be rich over there, you need like a forty thousand dollar a year job. Like you don't have to. You're, <laughs> yeah. you're Donald Trump over there if you have that. And uh, yeah, they would just fall in love. It was just such a, it's kind of enamored with the just the the lack of maturity and shit on their end. Like they were mature enough to be adults and go out and get jobs and be successful and and develop, uh, you know, a checking account and and a savings account and build their their income but then when it came to a woman they were just so uh like giggly and just kind of like i have money do you love me oh. and the woman would be like yeah of course because i need to survive i love you and then shit would fall apart inevitably because there's not a real connection there and the guys would be like legit heartbroken they didn't see that shit coming and i was just fascinated by that like there's those people out there all the time there's a guy right now as you and i are talking that is scouring the internet for some woman that doesn't know enough about him to not be attracted to him. Right. And just and just knows that he makes a little money, and she's like, yeah, cool. I'll come to America and pretend to love you for six months or however long I need to to bail. And it's weird. It is really weird. 
Yeah, there is a, I think we were talking about Vice earlier. I'm pretty sure they did a piece on sugar daddies and sugar mamas, sugar mommies. It was mostly young women going to rich men. And that was the, that was it. Like, that Mm -hmm. was the deal. I mean, it was out in the open. And they're not technically prostitutes. Right. But the men shower them with gifts, pay for, like, their college tuition, buy them a car, cover their rent. You know, I got it covered, baby. Yeah. As long as they suck that D and date them and hang out with them. But it, there's no, like, agreed. So, technically, it's it's not illegal. Right. They can just go date them. And, like, these women, they're, like, some of them are going to law school. Like, they're, they want to be doctors and it's very tough too because it. it's like you kind of respect the hustle i guess a little bit yeah they're like yeah. S- they're 10 out of 10 smoke show women yeah who they're just very honest about it. They're like yeah look i mean I, I get along with steve but uh you know we're not going to be together forever he he adores me and i adore him and you know he takes care of me <laughs> yeah exactly it's fucking weird man really it is I'm, I'm real big on people just kind of playing the cards that they're dealt sure and sometimes that hand looks like you know you're a 10, but you grow up in an area where you have no resources. I guess. Other than your looks. Yeah. So you go somewhere where other people have resources to pay for your time. And, and it's it's your body. It's your life. Yeah. I'm very libertarian on that, that kind of stuff. Like, There's got to be consequences to the whole thing. But they, you know. But that's their fault. That's yeah, right. Their, and that happens to them. Their life. Yeah, dude. It's crazy. It's crazy I to know. think about. I could never do that. I would just constantly be like, you're just here for the money. Because they are. Because they are. But I think that the opposite, the the difference, rather, of me and those dudes is that I'm constantly calling them out for what it is, whereas a lot of those guys are kind of turning a blind eye. They're right. doing the opposite. They're convincing themselves that those women are super into it, <laughs> which, you know, whatever you got to do, I guess. I don't know. Did you hear about this uh, Michael Bloomberg, the former mayor of new york city he donates a record 1.8 billion dollars to john hopkins university i did hear about this i didn't i didn't dive into it at all but nuts that's a fair amount of money fair amount entrepreneur and former new york city mayor michael bloomberg said he donated a record i just said that because students denied entry to college due to finances quote undermines equal opportunity that's pretty fucking cool. I mean, Jesus, yeah. that's record. I mean, it is his. What is, what's it called? All alma alma mater. Alma, oh, alma mater. Alma yeah. mater. Yeah. Um, this will make admissions at Hopkins forever. Need. Forever need blind finances will never again factor into decisions. Wrote Bloomberg. Crazy. How about college is just a scam? Like. Mm-hmm. It's so br- – I have so many friends that are like, I got 80000 in debt. I'm like, for what? For what? What did you get out of that? For what? I know. It's but so nuts. Meanwhile, they could have just worked and, like, gotten experience and, you know, be an intern or I don't know. Yeah, and I'm not calling those people stupid, man. No, I, of course not. I drank that Kool-Aid, too, They're where I was like – There was a long time where before I worked at Rise, I tell, I tell my friends all the time when this shit comes up, like, I couldn't get design jobs that I didn't want. I remember applying at, like, trucking companies and mm-hmm. shit and, like, all kinds of shit. And I'm just like, I don't even want this job and I can't get it. Right. And I really – I put a lot of that uh, on the fact that I didn't have a, a college degree. But yeah. I just – It's definitely mattering less and less. Yeah. There w- there definitely was a time not all that long ago where it really didn't matter. Yeah. But we're quickly approaching a time where that 
you know, and most employers I know or people who are hiring people, that doesn't, especially in what the fuck we're doing. Yeah. Uh, Finn talked about that in one of his, his videos, how, you know, like if you want to work as a recording engineer, for example, or music producer or whatever it is, yeah, you can go to audio school. Like a lot of those guys do that. You know, I'd say half of the producers I know went to some sort of trade school to learn like 101 engineering or whatever. That's fine. And I'm sure that's, you know, and you ask him, but most of them will say like, yeah, but that had nothing to do with me getting a job like mm-hmm. at all. It had nothing to do with me being a good producer. Right. Or, yeah. At all. Um, so I don't know. It just depends on what you want to do. Like if, if you want to be a lawyer or a doctor, or that kind of thing, then yeah, you have to go to school. Like that's, that's just the deal. But if you want to do anything outside of that, like, yeah, I don't know, man. That's a lot of debt to start your life out with. Yeah, that is an interesting point. Like, a lot of creative shit, you can just go to what's commonly referred to as YouTube University. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you don't see that with, uh, nor would you want to, I guess, see that with, uh, like, surgeons. No. Like, how pumped would you be if your surgeon no. was like, dude, it's all going to be fine. I I've YouTubed it earlier. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm good to go. Uh, uh, it's fresh. Uh, I know what. I know what's up. That That's a thing where you're just like, no, man, I need you to have gone to Harvard or Yale. For 700 years. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. But then it's like, dude, I'm going to make a t-shirt design for your band. I fucking, you know, I did some stuff for Limp Biscuit once, and you're just like, oh, dude. Oh, cool. Sounds great. Yeah. That's like if you went to Harvard. Perfect. Yeah. I mean, if you take a, a kid that went to school, that has a, a four-year degree in, what what would that degree be? Does some sort of design degree. Graph. I mean, that doesn't yeah, even exist. Yeah. Like, uh, what the shit was it when I, it was just like applied arts, I think. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, which isn't even. That who's going to hire who? The kid that's been busting his ass. Yeah. Working with a bunch of artists and, and growing your portfolio or this kid right out of school well i've talked to creative directors too there's certain creative directors that are like listen if i'm hiring somebody i sometimes i don't want the guy that's gone to college for four years and been told by a college how i want them to behave and how i want them to think and how i want them to act when they finally get to my agency right sometimes a really hungry 18 year old that uh, wants this job more than the 24 year old with a degree they're the better choice because they're just a little more pliable. Right. Absolutely. So you just, I mean, in a weird way, you can't fucking win if you try, you know? I went yeah. to college, you know, I spent 80000 Yeah, cool, we don't want you. You're, uh, yeah, you're cool. too conditioned by that college. Oh, okay, cool, I'll go fuck myself. <laughs> and then some other kid is like, hey, I spent no money. What's up? And they're like, yeah, we need you to have a degree, though. Like, no money, that means you don't really want this job. And so it's like, it's that's why it really... Like I said with Finn earlier, it was just uh, it was me being right place, right time for a lot of the shit that I got. Yep. And I would argue that networking in so many situations oh, is huge. more important than education. Yep. You need them both, obviously. I think it's just a, a, a delicate balance. You know, like, yeah, you were in the right place at the right time, but you also took advantage of that time and place. Yeah, you know, well, because you could be right place, right you. time for a small period of time. For a small period of time. You can get there and, and not fucking work out, and then they're like, all right, bye. You yep. were right place, right time to get the opportunity, See ya. and then you shit all over that opportunity by not knowing what you're doing. Yeah. So for me, I, I was well prepared. I had, been, I had been a freelancer for a decade by the time I got that job. So I came in, like, supremely confident to where I right. felt above that place. You know, I, I remember my first gig was – making all the band logos from a, a PNG to a vector file. And it was like, got this. I'll do it. But I mean, 
let me design something like if this you is pay me to do that fine. yeah you're, you're starting me too small but i get that they were just kind of feeling me out and then uh right i just said i'm gonna i'll stay quiet do my thing and then uh I'll, I'll build up and then eventually i did and everything was all good but i think that's that's the key is just knowing how to kind of bide your time and and uh act accordingly uh, a hard turn because you know how i like to be random let's do we're it both add boys here have you ever seen this YouTube video called Jessica's Daily Affirmation? Oh, yeah. Is this where she's like, I'm so beautiful and yeah. I'm great and everybody likes anything. me? Yo, this is the shit. I love that you pulled it's, this up. This is old as fuck, too. This it's isn't super old. This is like not even new. old YouTube. Yeah. Something, I don't know what happened the other day, but I thought of this video and I watched it. <laughs> Dude, there's nothing better than this fucking video. This it video is great. Every time I watch it, there's nothing I can She like accomplish. sort of runs out of shit to yell at herself in the mirror and yeah. just kind of pulls yeah. shit out of thin air. And She's super, super cute. It's the best video ever. Jessica's daily affirmation. Look, I can be a shark. Now, my whole house is great. I can do anything good. I can do I anything. I She claps. My whole house is great. I can do anything good. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 <laughs> I can do anything good. My hero. Oh. This, what, six-year-old kid, whatever so she is, she's my fucking hero, man. I can do anything good. <laughs> clap, clap, so stomp, good. stomp. Yeah. She's the best. Yeah, we could it's, all learn a lot from her. I mean, as a thirty-two-year-old, I'm like, at what point does does life show her that she's wrong? But of it's, course, it's super it's sweet, super adorable. I think that's what we love about it. Is oh, I remember when I used to be that positive about shit. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when life hadn't completely pissed on the top of my head. Yeah, that's very true. But I mean, that's what we love about kids is that it it, is. in a sick Absolutely. way they haven't learned that shit no. sucks you and that, that they can't do anything good. Remember hope. Yeah, hope? dude. I mean, vaguely. Yeah. Vaguely. I had a lot of hope when I was a kid. Yeah. I, like, I thought so, like, I don't know. I just thought that I was going to do the best things ever. And, like, you know, the future was so exciting. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> I used it. My mom used to do this thing. I can't even believe I'm about this to share this so shit. On. This, this is because I'm my, my third beer in and that I'm going to share this right now. But. Uh, my mom used to do this thing. This is why I'm the monster that I am. That's what my friends would tell you. This is why you're a cocky piece of shit. But uh, my mom used to tell me to come over. I'd be like three. She's like, come sit on my lap. And I'd sit on her lap. And she would just take my hands and she'd go, these are the hands of a rocket scientist. <laughs> or or maybe a doctor. And she would just like. Uh, my mom was the same she way. She would just tell me like. There's or nothing you can't do. Or or you maybe uh, you are the um, the maestro of the world's biggest and most successful symphony. And I didn't realize she was Tony Robbinsing the this, this <laughs> shit out of me at the time, like just f going full Oprah. Uh, and, and you're like, yeah, I carry that with me now. So like I somebody do doesn't agree with me and I'm like, bro, bro look, at my hands. look at my hands. My These are the hands of a fucking doctor. <laughs> and you're going to tell me I'm wrong right now. Like in a weird way, <laughs> it's kind of been a very negative thing. And I've, I know it, it is. 
I agree with you. It's I mean it's ruined every it's, relationship it's ruined I've ever. Yeah. yeah, no one will live up to my mom's it's love. It's bad news. Ever. I tell my mom all the time, like, thank you, but also fuck you yeah, because yeah, yeah. my wife I can't live a goddamn life. Can never live up to you. Yeah, not in a million years. Mm-hmm. And Ashley knows that. Yeah, she knows. God, I know it's it's tough. And the thing is, you oh. know. You know, as as the person, that's the worst part. Yeah, you you find out. Okay, it was a little bit bullshit, but what yeah. was the message? The message is that I'm I'm a good guy. Like I'm capable of things. So it's you try, but it's yeah, it's tough. If you're a realist, you're just like, ah, oh, Jesus, I'm actually a fucking, I'm a piece of shit, and I'm fallible like any other human yeah. being. Yeah. But you try not to steer the boat too hard, like into just complete fucking depression. And no, but the truth is like. You know, we were talking about the Defiant Ones last episode. Yeah. Jimmy Iovine and Dr. Dre. One of the things Jimmy Iovine always talks about, and it's a quote in the show, he talks about using that fear is a very powerful tool. Yes. And that using fear as a headwind instead of a tailwind is super powerful. Yeah. It, what's funny is that's actually the line that I connected with the most as yeah. well. It's it's huge for me because yeah. it's like like doing the show. I get a little nervous every time we do it. Yeah. Every single time. And I have to take a moment to I step out in the hallway or I go to the bathroom and I do my Jessica's daily affirmation in the mirror. Yep. I can do this. I can do anything good. And yep. I slap, slap. I love my hair. Clap, I, love I love my, my penis. Hair. I love James. I love my <laughs> stomach. And I love how fat I am. I love I'm 35. <laughs> and then I go in and I kill it. No, but in all seriousness, that, that is a very powerful tool. You know, like I'm here just like everyone else's. I have every right to be here. Uh, my father-in-law once said something to me that's – he's like a Louisiana good old boy. Oh, know, nice. He basically – Shoots it straight? He literally shoots. Like, he's oh, a big okay. gun guy. He's got a, a shotgun slug in his foot still from when he was a kid. He basically had to raise himself and his two brothers from the time he was 14 in the Louisiana yeah, swamps. Real. Like, that's... real hard life. And when I was thinking about starting stateside – I'm like, yeah, I was thinking this idea for a company, and I don't know. It just feels so silly. Like, who the fuck am I? What am I even talking about? Like, starting a company? I'm just some jack off. And he looked at me. He's like, well, James, um, what what are companies? I'm like, what do you mean, Don? He's like, well, companies are made up of people, right? I go, yeah. He's like, well, you're a person, aren't you? I go, yeah. He's like, okay, then. You can do it, too. <laughs> like, he just made it so simple. Like, yeah, yeah. it's just there's no actual difference. You know, skill, natural ability, all that comes in factor, sure. But we all have just as much of a right to be here, a right to try the things that we think are outside our, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, a hundred percent. I was watching an interview today with uh, the fucking, I am so bad with names tonight, but the guy that's. It's called uh, Podcast Brain. God damn, dude. It's also three beers in. Dude that started Facebook. What was his name? Mark something? Mark Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg, yeah. Super common last name. Don't know how I couldn't remember that. Real common. Uh, but I uh, I was watching an interview with him, and I was like, dude, he sucks a little bit, like, at talking. And, yeah. like, he also – I saw a meme that is the most fucking – typically memes are just so down the middle and, like, you've heard it before. Yeah. But this was the most on-point, specific, unique meme. It said Mark Zuckerberg looks like every character in a zombie movie who has been bitten, but he's trying to hide it from the crew. And when you look at him, he's pale as shit, and he looks nervous. Like, someone's going, bro, were you bitten? And he's like, no, no, dude, I'm good. And he's sweating and shaky. Anyway, I'm watching him talk. I was like, he looks like shit. He's not a very good speaker. He seems nervous all the time. But he's a goddamn billionaire. Like, he right. he is 
all those qualities I just listed are somebody that shouldn't be uh, successful, but he is because he said fuck it and just went for it. Yeah, there it is. Mark Zuckerberg always looks like the guy in a zombie movie who's been bitten, but is trying to keep it a secret from everyone. <laughs> yeah. His head is Especially swelling a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's pale as fuck. Dude, that is unbelievably It's one of my favorite memes I've ever seen, where I'm just like, that is sharp. So accurate. Yeah. But I mean, to anyway. your point, it's like, we, we so, it's so easy for us to be like, I'm just Alan. I'm just right, James. Like, right. no one wants to hear my shit. Listen. Mark Zuckerberg, so many people don't want to fucking hear from him. Not a But soul. he said, people need to hear from me. And then it just fucking worked out. Like, and that's that's how I feel about what you're doing and everything I've done where it's like, uh, yeah, maybe not, but let's go for it. Like, just, who cares? Exactly. This kid is just some dork. And and it only worked out because he gave it a shot. Because he gave it a shot. Like, right that place, meme right, right there wouldn't exist if he had the same thought that you had about stateside where you're just like. I know. And it's a bummer because you think of, like, all the potential people have and all the times people don't do something. Yeah. Like, all the things that we don't know even exist. The, f- the equivalent to Facebook that could have been. Yeah. You know? All the some... people whose moms didn't set them on their laps and turn them into <laughs> fucking serial killers. <laughs> like, that is that's heartbreaking. Luckily, our moms did. Yeah, luckily, they did. They did. Because I can do anything yeah. I want, Alan. Alan, you could easily dismember capable. any young, beautiful brunette girl no and hide her know. body. No one would know. You're, You're so too smart. charming. Police would question you, and oh, you yeah. would charm them right out of their socks. Yeah, my mom would say things like, I mean, like, she, we were talking about, like, Paul McCartney's. I mean, she, I mean, she really thought I was the equivalent to that. <laughs> like, I could just do anything yeah. I wanted. Yeah. Well, dude, that's where it all starts. Somebody yeah. told Mark the same thing, and he fucking started Facebook. Gary, like, Vera, we were talking about Gary Vee, but he talks about all the time that his his mom was the same way. Yeah, he had this upbringing of just like, you know, like he would get bad grades, and his mom wouldn't care so much. Mm-hmm. But if he if he was mean to someone, she would lose her mind. Yeah, yeah. And, and if he did something great, or if he did something nice and compassionate, she would just shower him with praise. Yeah, yeah. My, my mom was the same way. She didn't really care about grades and stuff like that as much as she cared about, like, me doing the right thing. and being. So, I mean, it, it, it is good. Like, a lot of the things our parents did for us are good. Oh, totally. But maybe a little bit of reality in there would have been nice. Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> it, all, it all comes down to just stirring the soup, dude. You got to, you know, reality rushes in, and your parents can't protect you or prepare you for no. 100% of life. That's right. But the older I get, the more I realize, for me at least, Getting older isn't about growing more or experiencing more. It's about stripping away some of those experiences that built up this negative connotation about myself. So, so many people get to like 30, 35, and they're like, oh, I've only learned as much as a 30, 35 year old. I need to get like, I need to get more experienced. I need to get more intelligent. And for me, it's not about adding to. It's about taking away from. That's a very interesting. Something happens in your teens. that's Because, yeah. dude, think about it. I mean, we've all been through elementary school, middle school, high school. Those are fucking tiny prisons for kids where oh we're all just uh, assaulting each other verbally. Yeah, and that's the worst. Making each other feel so small and insignificant. You need to spend your 30s chipping away at a lot of those insecurities that are built up at an early age. And then taking away that shit shows those layers of who you truly are. I love that, man. Too many people want it. They want to, like, glue shit onto the side of who they are. Take it away. Yeah, just remove it. Pull it back. Right. 
I think that's so true, man. Because I always think about, <laughs> I always joke with my wife, like, we, you, me and you both have ADD and we're all over the place. Yeah. But I always talk about the, like, the Super James. Yeah. The version of me that I know is in there. Mm-hmm. Th- that I, I would be the most fucking productive person in the world. I could, it, the Jessica in the mirror thing. Yeah. Like, I, I know that's in me somewhere. And if I peel away that insecure 15-year-old version of me, like, you know, peel away that scared kid uh, who, uh, that's just, you know, shielding the, the real me, then eventually you can get there. I, I think that's that's spot on, man. It's Yeah, it's a big deal. That's 100% how I feel, too. I know what I'm capable of. There's situations that I absolutely thrive in, and then there's situations where I am super uncomfortable, and then I have to unpack that in therapy terms you know know. you unpack something and you kind of figure out all right where is this coming from what this feeling is is, it's an emotional memory or it's something real it's something from my childhood or whatever so much is from my childhood and so much of the bullshit that we feel about ourselves it's it's negative self-talk every time yeah we're not on our own team right and i've noticed that uh you know my my big thing i have so many close friends that uh They'll, they'll tell me, like, you're, dude, you're so great at, like, coaching and, like, helping people. And, and while I love that, it's an incredible compliment. I will think about how I don't have that control over my own life. And that is – I do the same thing. That's so common, too. I'm yeah. not even – that's not even an anomaly at all. We're all so good at giving advice from the outside in. But our it's, it's so much more difficult to take our own advice and just – I've been working a lot lately at just, like, that positive self-talk of, like... It's everything, man. And I think, for me, like, you know, Fight Club is one of my favorite movies of all time. It's, yeah, it's a classic. Yeah, and a lot of my close friends, <laughs> we always refer to it as, like, the Fight Club generation. Because that movie is really about hitting rock bottom. Yeah, and the, the relationship p- with yourself. Yeah, you're, the whole point of it is supposed to strip away all that shit, like you're talking about. Going and getting in how, the whole point of like, what do you know about yourself unless you've been in a fight? You know, like the the pain and that difficult part of life is what you should actually go and try to seek out. So you go learn something about yourself, and and to not like all like self. There's a line in the movie: self improvement is is masturbation. You know, right, like yeah. It's it's but it's not true. And I, and no. I love the movie, but it is just a movie. I, I love that sentiment. I, I love it like too. from a comedic standpoint, I get it. Right. But no, it's not but at it's all. Not, it's because it's so much more painful than masturbation. Yes. Masturbation is the shit from beginning to end. Yeah. Self improvement fucking blows for the first it's half. Tough. And then is dope at the very end. That's right. Yep. And doing things that are good for yourself is not bad. It doesn't right. it's not vain. You know, eating well, working out, going to therapy, reading books, all these Dude. things that will help you. That's that's a good thing. It's taken me 32 <laughs> it's years. It's taken me so long to realize that. It's though. taken me 32 years to get to a point where, like, self-care aren't bad words. I know. And you even see, like, so icky to me. you even see fucking, like, mainstream, iconic, even, uh, oh, my God, once again, name that I can't goddamn remember. Well, you're doing a podcast. That's uh, right. The fucking, the, he just died. He dated Ariana Grande. Malcolm is his real name. Uh, why can't I remember everything about uh, him except his name? I probably know his fucking birthday and his social security rapper, number. Yes. Actor. And he just died. Oh, uh. This is driving me fucking crazy. Uh, just put in Malcolm Ariana Grande. 
I'm gonna fucking kill myself. I hate this. This is so stupid. Oh, and then Google's gonna be. Oh, cool. No. Oh, Mac no. Miller. Mac Miller. <laughs> Holy shit. Shit dog. Anyway, he's got a song called Self Care, and that's mm. that. It's it's such a huge thing. Right. That I think I it, love, it's considered somewhat effeminate, and it's considered. Yeah, it's a girly thing. Like, men don't self-care. What is that? Right. Get in your pickup truck. Throw your two-by-fours in the back. Go build a fucking house. Yep. That's, it's not. Bury that shit. Yeah, it's not real. Guess who, guess who did that? The motherfuckers that died at 45 years old from a heart attack. Yes. You got to take care of yourself and fucking, and be there. And there's, there's nothing effeminate about it. If anything, it's the strongest shit ever to look at those people that call it effeminate and be like. Bro, I'm trying to live to like 95 and always, be stoked the whole way through. I used to always say that about music genres that weren't hard, like heavy music. You know, a, a lot of um, so one thing I don't like about the rock scene, and especially with dudes, is that it's very machismo. It yeah, can oh, be very for aggro sure. and yeah, you know, don't be a fucking pussy, bro. Especially in the metal scene. Yeah, and Studded a lot of my, belt and biceps yeah. and all. It's and not that my friends were always like that. We but we definitely had we had that in us, like. Tough is better than vulnerable. Yeah, you know I mean? right, right, right. But I remember thinking it, it started to occur to me over time that like Radiohead and Cigarettes and you know Explosions in the Sky or like Jimmy Eat World, more emotive type of bands. Yeah, aren't that's that's still heavy music. It's yeah, heavy. It's emotionally heavy, mm-hmm. and it's it's still like there's nothing not tough about that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. Just a different rant, but I I completely agree. Yeah, it's and also like, what the fuck is heavy? There, I've heard Nickelback yeah. songs that are heavy. Yeah, what does like, that even mean? Yeah, it's That's just subjective. It's a lot of it is, uh, it's just people not wanting to be real about certain shit, and it's just it's also easier to feel like you're assimilating by just following the crowd. Yep. Sometimes the crowd is like, dude, men are all Clint Eastwood all the fucking time, and it's just that's not real. Nope, that's not real at all. It's not real at all. I and I've been happier since I've just been real with myself and been like hey yo this thing caused uh, emotional pain to me or this is a thing that uh i'm disappointed in myself over i'm going to try to improve if people have an issue with that then it is what it is i guess i'm very open about it i see a therapist i have for a couple years yes the best thing i ever did for me i think it's been six years for me yeah i tell people all the time if you're willing to go to 24 hour fitness and fucking and lift some heavy shit over and over go do the same thing but for your head yep that Nine times out of ten, the people I know, it would be I would rather, oh. I would rather they go to therapy no than lift weights. Oh, dude, you're a ripped psychopath. Good job. Yep. Like that's no thank you. No, no like, thank I'm gonna you. I'm gonna go to the I'm gonna go to therapy. I'm gonna feel good about shit. I'm gonna unpack. I never regret going. No. Why would you? Yeah. Never. There's no way. Like I understand. There's a stigma with saying that you go for sure, but yep. even that, after enough time, you get over that. I mean, I used to not talk about it, and yeah. now I now I'm saying it on air on a podcast. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I, because I want that stigma to go away. I want people to know that it's totally it's not it's just not it's not just normal. It's fucking rad. Yeah, it's ideal. It's ideal. Absolutely it's, ideal. Yeah, and and going to your doctor and getting meds prescribed to you is not the same as going to a therapist. No, and yeah. People really get that confused. That's another huge thing too. Like, oh, dude, things are hard. Can I get some Xanax? I'm like, huh? Yeah, cool. Take this. Go to sleep. Those Your problems are, are going to be there They're when there you wake up. There for a reason. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm not knocking medication if that's the right fit for you, but yeah, do the work first because most of the time you don't need that shit. Dude, I got a couple Xanax from a friend, and uh, 
like I'm, I'm so goddamn excited. I feel like I got a oh, Christmas they're, tree. They're so nice. And there's just a couple oh. gifts waiting for me under the tree. I like I haven't taken them yet. I'm just like, no, dude, I'll take these when I'm real stressed out. I've taken them a few times, like getting on planes and stuff. Yeah, and yeah. Like, oh, I don't care if I die now. This I've heard, great. and that's all I've heard, and I'm just thrilled with that review. Are you a, uh, a plane guy? Do you like flying? I mean, I don't like flying in that uh, – I don't have Wi-Fi. I don't. It's not it's uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, it's uncomfortable. Uh, but you don't technologically. have a fear of flying. No, I used to. I kind of do. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, not it's like very, very bad. But it used to be, like when I was young, I loved it. I was like this Top Gun kid. I loved like jets and like all little kids do. And then over time, I just got more neurotic and fucking anxious, and I hated it. Yeah, I I Which was used cool to. I traveled a lot, so that was yeah, like I said, me. I used to, and I I'm fascinated by the dichotomy too because. It's so funny. It's all just an egotistical uh, control thing because if you think about it, driving your car, right? What are you? You're completely in control. What else are you? That's all it is. Super fucking in danger. All it is. But your hands are on the steering wheel, so you're like, this is what's up. And also, how often do you not drive your car? Almost never, right? Right. I would imagine. How many times do you get in a head-on collision with another plane when you're in a plane? Never. It fucking doesn't happen. How many times do you see another plane? I know. It doesn't happen. And yet we're up in the air and we're just like, oh, cool, going <laughs> to die any second. I know. And I, that's not the case. I remember hearing a pilot, because one of the things that freaks me out is turbulence. That's when I start getting Same. a little squirrely. Yeah, for sure. Because turbulence feels like, oh, shit, that was the pilot just taking a shot. I know. And now it's fucking over. But I, I there's a video of a pilot explaining turbulence on youtube and i highly recommend watching it because he basically describes it as he gets mad he's like why would you expect there to not be turbulence right well because we're not meteorologists like i know but i mean he's just like it's the equivalent to when you drive and you hit like a a bump in the road right it doesn't freak you out yeah you're not in danger once again though what are you you're in control but you're in control he's the one flying and yeah. he's the pilot and he knows and, and yeah. we're also you know it's fucking flight hasn't been around for five thousand years it it's, is weird it's been uh what less than a hundred right it's the whole louis ck thing like how no one cares and it's this miracle i know i fucking you're love sitting that in bit. a seat like thirty five thousand yeah. feet you're in, the in a tube just the fu- internet won't work. Yeah, and you're you're traveling in a way that would have killed everybody oh. you knew a yeah. hundred years it's ago. Taking you two years to get to yeah. New York. You State. got dysentery. You lost <laughs> yeah. two kids. Half the people die. Yeah, we would eat each other. It's so true. I remember reading that uh, Louis oh. C.K. his bit about how somebody complains about the Wi-Fi being down. That bit in the bit he says it was somebody else, but yes. it came from the fact that that was his thought. I love that. He felt that way about it and I was like that's brilliant. Yeah. I mean, that's how you got to do it. I miss Why him make so yourself much. the fucking he'll be back. Oh, He's going to be back. If you think about it, like if you compare him to Bill Cosby, and this is a real sensitive subject, but if you compare him to to Bill Cosby, Oh, Come on. I we're know. never going to see. What are we even talking about here? Goopy eye ass Bill Cosby. He's done. Like, yeah, that's never happening. Fucking rapist piece of shit. He's going to die with his with his one eye melting out of his brain. Louis C.K., like, listen, what he did is not dope of course, by any of course, means. Of course. But, uh. It's an abuse of power and all that. We get it. We're it's see fucked him again. Up. I mean, he's already, but, he's he's been in, uh, might have been the Laugh Factory or some fucking place well, in and LA. I th- You know, like, I don't know. What do people want? What do they want? They want yeah, to that's die, the big point. Just to yeah, call the whole that is the die. big point. 
Does he have What's, to cut off his dick and then yeah, he can continue is, stand up? What is it? And that wouldn't even be enough for some people. No, for sure it wouldn't. Uh, they I just, don't know. yeah, there's there's no rhyme or reason. You know, they I think a lot of people want him to hurt as much as they hurt about what he did, and right. that's also subjective. How do you how do you measure that shit? Well, look, not to take his side because the the women matter more than him. But let's just for the sake of talking, think about what has been affected in his life. Now. He hasn't done the thing he loves for how long now? A year or whatever it's been? I think Almost it's been a year. a year. Yeah, maybe over. Not that he needs money, but he has lost a ton of Means opportunity for money. I think the the figure I heard was $30 million. Sounds right. Yeah. I mean, not just to the touring, but all the production he had going on for movies, yeah. that show he was on. I mean, geez, he was the top of the top of comedians. That you couldn't get bigger than Louis C.K. at that I do. Time. The thing that, I, that I'm most intrigued about. And at, not to nerd, but and think no, about his fine. daughters. Think about yeah, he's got kids. That, man. That's easily the biggest thing. Family, looking people in the face at Thanksgiving, like it's a bummer, dude. Luckily, his daughters are at an age Ugh. where he can contain it a little more. A bit, yeah, you're right. But I, I do wonder, is this going to be a Floyd Mayweather thing, where he was at the top, he kind of went away for a bit, and because he was at the top and only went away for maybe a couple years, that that's always been my assessment. It's right. two years that he's going to go. That's why I think about a year in is when you started to hear about him performing a little more. Yeah. It kind of created a, an uproar a little bit. He didn't he didn't talk about the situation, which some people really wanted him to. Uh, I think two years is when you're either going to full-on get a special from him or you're going to hear heavy, heavy talks of him recording one, which then in Netflix standards would be like yeah. three to four to six months away from like full production, like released and out. Uh, I, I really believe that's going to happen. I, I think that more people want him back than don't want him back. I, would, I mean, I don't know anyone that doesn't have the same sentiment about this than we do. Yeah. I, mean, I haven't I haven't talked to anyone we know that's been like, I disagree. He doesn't deserve to ever come back. I don't want to see him. He's fucked up too bad. To ever, like, I'm, I haven't heard it. No. I mean, I save those judgments for Harvey Weinstein. Of course. Fuck him. And for Bill Cosby. Fuck him. Hang him from the fucking – From the highest – don't get to have this anymore. Yeah, I don't give a shit. That yeah, you're the done. Amount, the victim toll is too high. It's too I'm, high. It's too bad. I back that. Absolutely. But I mean, Louis C.K. He was a perv. He's a creepy. Here's the thing. I'm a perv. Everyone. Like, I know. He and just that's... got caught. <laughs> like yeah. now, did I do the same things that Louis C.K. did? No. Fuck no. But when I hear like you know oh, people love to judge though. He used to call me and uh, he would be jerking off. Don't know how you know that, but he would be jerking off and then. Like Dave Chappelle says, you can't hang up a phone. You can't hang up a phone. And I get that. There's still a level of victimization because you didn't answer the phone knowing that a man would be jerking off on the other end. And it's Louis C.K. and you might be like a up-and-coming comedian. Right, and, yeah. Know. And he's a redhead he's and that's super power. gross. And that's super-duper gross. Uh, but, you know, I don't know, dude. I know. Dude's funny as shit. But he's I'm so also – I'm not I'm not a female. I don't, would my shit be different if uh, – the, the girl he did that to on the phone was my mom. I mean, it'd be fucking yeah. funnier if it was my mom, I think. But if it was, like, my, my little sister or – I don't know. You know, whatever. I, know. I can only judge the situation as it happened. Maybe it would be different. I'm I'm a human being. I'm dynamic. I'm hypocritical. That's just it. it People just, love to fucking judge. Yeah. They love it does feel good. He's got way more money than me. So, I, so fuck him. Sometimes I'm just like, man, you piece of shit. Yeah. See, look at that. All that money don't make you better than me, man. Yeah, you, you're human too, guys. That's, that's a human fetish right there. People love right. doing that. Let's uh, wrap this thing up with a little movie pick of the week. Now, admittedly, 
This is a schmaltzy, cheesy, whatever kind of movie. I do love that I haven't seen this but trailer. Oh, okay, good. But I'm interested in this movie. So it's called Instant Family with Mark Wahlberg and what is her name? Something. Oh, and also I think Burn? our last episode got, got pulled because we played some trailers, and we're yes. over here like a couple fucking gangsters. Like, yeah. So anyway, gonna yeah, so keep anyway. playing trailers. Yeah, we're gonna play trailers this time. If we get pulled on YouTube by doing this again, then sorry, no more trailers for the audience. We're, right. We might still watch them, and you won't hear them. We're gonna let YouTube uh, fuck us twice before we're like, all right, we'll change. Yeah, we're not sure what did it. It was either. The music that was in the show, or was from YouTube videos. We're thinking it's from the videos. Yeah, sounds like it. We're bummed because we probably lost like sucks. I mean, at least sixteen views, which hurts a lot. But yep, a couple pennies. Yeah, we're gonna try to rebuild. <laughs> <laughs> so this, uh, it's based on a true story, which I didn't know until the end of the movie because they make that clear. Uh, a couple in their like mid thirties, my age, maybe a little bit older decide to go adopt um oh no to be foster parents that's what it is that's right because that's what the director did in real life yeah oh is it the director yeah yeah oh, how cool that's the dude that was on the rogan podcast with segura oh okay cool i'll go back and listen to it he did some other big ass movies oh, he too. did like um i can't uh, remember what they were the other guys really funny okay like surprisingly funny but then some comedy. classic ass shit too i feel like there was at least one movie where i was like there's no way you did sean that movie. anders i think is his yeah, name yeah. is that right yeah uh, oh, um, this isn't the classic movie, so don't judge me, but uh, fucking Sex Trip or Road Sex or... Yeah, he's done, like, big studio movies, Sexy right? Road Trip, Daddy's Home 2. See what he's directed. Director, seven credits. Sex movie or something? Daddy's Home, Daddy's Home 2, Horrible Bosses. Sex Drive. Which one's that? It's a fucking... I think Tom Green might be in it for a second. So, like, a lot of comedies yeah yeah a couple kitschy comedies and yeah. then uh typically not my kind of movie pick of the week vibe but um I, I really liked it and i think it was very sweet and yeah it's very encouraging to to foster kids and you know it man it really points out to like there's so many kids out there that have such a bummer life dude you know yeah. we always think about like adopting like you adopted your dog yeah Do dogs and cats that need our help kids are no fucking different man People who have like crackhead parents and and think think of being think of the life we had as kids, our loving yeah. parents and stroking normal, our hands, calling us yeah, rocket scientists, making us fucking psychopaths. And these kids just got like dog bowls Nothing. of water, dog bowls of water, frisbee and one them. saltine for Christmas. <laughs> yeah, and like Ugh. it's a bummer, dude. It's a bummer. I like that truck though. It's a dope truck, isn't it? Driveway. That's All right, let's, let's watch this. I love what you two are doing with this house, but what are you going to do with five bedrooms? You guys are obviously never having kids. Tom Segura. What was that look? I did not do a look. You're doing a look right now. There's no look. Have a good fight, guys. <laughs> There's so many kids in foster care, and they're having an orientation. Ellie, people who take in foster kids are really special. The kind of people who volunteer when it's not even a holiday. We don't even volunteer on a holiday. Over a half million children are currently in foster care. Take Nataro. Nice. Because they can match a There's lot a of kids and parents quickly. Look at the big kids. Everybody's avoiding them. I'm going to go and say hi. But they're teenagers, okay? They use drugs and they watch people playing video games on YouTube. We're not equipped for any of that. Hi. Just FYI, we can all hear you. <laughs> hmm? Okay. Don't mingle with the kitties and uh, don't give it another thought. Bye-bye. 
She's cool. Lizzie comes with two younger siblings. Three kids? Too much. Oh, oh my God. They're adorable. Why would you show us that? That's wrong. <laughs> Here we are. Make yourself at home because you are at home. Do you like the Clippers? Oh, I'm more of a Lakers fan. Oh, no! You hit me because I like the Clippers. I think the Clippers are awesome. They were smart for trading Blake Griffin. Their best player. This whole kid's really funny. There's like this overly sensitive kid. Oh, that's sick. Cries on the drop of Charity orphans make you feel good about yourself. Pretend We might have a little bit of a knack for this. I beg to differ. <laughs> this stuff takes time. Lizzie yeah. to parent Juan and Lita all by herself. This is never going to be easy. But with some structure and love, you could make your house a home. But I'm pissed. You know what I like to do? Really? That looks like so much fun. All right, let me fix it, okay? Thanks, Daddy. I just got my first daddy. Oh, what's that? It sucks. What's some of that? Hey, honey, can I help you with anything? Nope. Nope. What are you doing to my phone? Look at what this boy texted her. Is this that kid, Jacob? Hey, I saw the picture you sent her, Jacob. You're lucky I'm in your life right now, Carrot Top. <laughs> You're going down today. So what do you think of that, Jacob? My name is not Jacob. What? Okay, okay, okay. There you go, people. Your That's heartwarming. Solid. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd watch that. Movie. I'd watch that tonight. I might try to That's great, dude. pirate the fuck out of that. You won't feel bad. That's sick. Your heart will be... I know. The, the right now, I feel like heart. a piece of shit. Like, I haven't done enough. Oh, I've done nothing That to just help inspired anyone. me to to adopt but i have no business Ever feel doing like that. you're just a selfish piece of shit yeah it's just all about me i don't spend enough time with my fucking dog i know imagine if i had a kid just in the basement right now <laughs> that's where my pit bull is you forgot to mention that like, yeah oh yeah did i have a, I have a kid yeah i keep i keep him down there He's for like two. 11 hours a day that might not be good yeah and i should probably go home and feed him Jesus. and he gets a little cranky that's why i had to be here at 4 30 because i went and I, yeah. I fed her and stuff but the well, foster kid, I just said, fuck you. I think we did it, Alan. Yeah, dude. We did another one. It happened. We did it. This one was long as fuck. Yeah, it might share. Or it just felt that way. I don't know. Well, it's over two hours. Oh, Jesus Christ. It's irresponsible. It's okay. It was a good one. Finn is the man, and thank you again to Finn McKenty. God, I keep wanting to say McKentry. Yeah. McKenty. No, phonetically, that just feels more comfortable, but... Oh, I forgot to tell him or ask him about his Irishness because that is a clearly Irish name. I mean, I knew out of the open ten minutes, I was like, we could have this guy on multiple times, Boy. and I oh, hope we yeah. have him in studio. We'll clean this this bitch up, and then yeah, we'll bring him in because he's yeah. We we all like the three of us have too much in common. Yeah, it's, it's dangerous. simply too much. Yeah, we we we're a couple chatty Cathys too, so we'll we'll have a good time with him again for sure. So you can find Finn at at Finn McKenty. F-I-N-N-M-C-K-E-N-T-Y. And then also the Punk Rock MBA on YouTube. Really dope channel. Highly recommend it. Right? A hundred percent. Yeah, it's great. I'm going to probably Sweet. go home tonight and watch more. I didn't oh, research too. as much as I wanted to. Yeah, dude. It's, there's a ton of stuff on there. It's a, it's a good rabbit hole to go down. Uh, where can they find you, Alan? At It Came From The Sky. 
Fantastic. And if you can't spell that, then I don't want you checking me out. It's your goddamn fault if you can't spell that. Yeah, you're in the second grade. You're in the second grade. Your mom didn't stroke your hands enough and say, you're a good speller. You can find me at James Ian Macmillan or at Stateside MGMT. And thanks again to Finn uh, for being on the show once again. And we will see you guys next week. Later. Bye.